0: Big news. I have some important news <laughs> for you. Interesting news.
1: It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy.
0: K-Man's top news headlines of the
2: day from CMR. It's Friday News Time
1: with Bye Sandy. Day. What's
2: up? Hey, hey, good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. What's up, hey, honey child? Hi, honey child. <laughs> <laughs> so many people love that, I tell you. That's All it. right, honey child. Let's get <laughs> this through. So um, a K-Man Karen spat <laughs> on a man.
3: I see. I saw oh, this. What was going
4: God. on with this
2: yesterday? Oh, I missed so,
3: it. <laughs> this
2: is a situation oh. down at Cal Point where some, some construction workers are there for new development. And um, the installer, which doesn't even work for the construction company, but he's there installing appliances and so on, um, was taking his lunch break. So his wife and five-year-old son came to collect him so he could sit down and have his lunch. Well, this lady who says that they own the road, and to be fair to her, it is a private road. But, you know, people
3: in there have access. Does she own it. Herself. Yeah, she, she Yeah,
2: she owns it. And so no she was belligerent and started, just had a Karen moment where she was yelling and cursing at him, yanked open the car door. What? Um, yeah, and eventually spat on him and then yeah. took off you know, cursing and carrying I on. I didn't the
5: see the video. Did
3: Is there video of her spitting on him?
2: No, because they didn't think that this is what was going to happen. So nobody was recording mm-hmm. her when all that went down. But there were witnesses the for The video, it. yes. There were multiple witnesses. And she did and that in front of his wife and child. And a, and a child that she actually had in the car as well. And he her child How's yeah. that for a role model. Yeah, yeah, so it's pretty crazy. Anyway, um, people are calling, the community members are calling for her to be charged with common assault because that's what that would be.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm sure you figured out who she is by now.
2: Absolutely, six migrants arrived in Cayman Brac on Sunday. Um, the uh, CBC has confirmed that it's five males and one female arrived in Spot Bay, the Spot Bay area of Cayman Brack. and they're now being processed. But we had a gentleman call the show yesterday, asking if we knew anything about eleven people that had, you know, left for a journey a month ago, and we don't know anything about them. So it seems like they're missing. So not a good situation at all. No. Um, So hopefully he'll get some some good news. Maybe they've reached Honduras or something and he just doesn't know or Mexico. I don't know. Um, All right. Vendors are now approved for Seven Mile Beach Park. So this is where um, some 34 vendors can now operate um, by invitation for vendor permit applications. Um, So the current vendors who've not been granted a permit have been issued a cease and desist order which they have to cease operations by february the 14th just in time for valentine's day so make sure also
3: by the way valentine's day is also ash wednesday thank
2: holiday oh does it fall on ash wednesday oh Oh, wow
6: why are they giving like a month like if you don't have a permit like you should just pack it up yeah yeah.
2: trying to be nice i guess
6: Hmm. i feel like this this has been a story for a while
2: yeah it it has for many years actually All right, and finally, um, you know, this isn't exactly a kicker story, maybe for some people. Um, Kasneek Cupid, who has been denied, she was the mastermind, according to the court, of the Tortuga robbery a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. She's been denied leave to appeal her sentence. Remember, she got like a 10-year sentence, and a lot of people thought that it was excessive, and so she actually um, applied on that basis, and the court turned it down. They wouldn't even hear it.
3: Do you know why she got 10 years? Because, I mean, you look at some crimes heinous crimes out there um you know but yeah I mean and- there's a
2: lot there was a lot of things like she never pled guilty um, and she you know really ran the court around I mean there's quite a bit of reasons I remember I was there it. during the trial yeah, yeah. okay um, and I mean robbery armed robbery starts at like 10 years anyway oh okay and it was an armed robbery it was quite mm. something to see mm. okay those are your right. news headlines happy Friday everyone. Three-day
6: holiday weekend. Sandy, we'll see you on Tuesday.
2: Awesome. Uh.
1: Sandra all the time is here with a cold heart through. She's the air and the eyes for me and you. Every day, everyone wants to hear from Sandra and Every time on the air, she's getting better Tell your sister, tell your brother Tell your mama, call Sandra In the morning, and in the evening We always call in, call in Sandra And when they start fighting, they call in Sandra
2: that's right folks everyone is telling their mama about the cool hard truth welcome to another episode with more truth telling more problem solving and of course more tea spilling than ever before sit back students grab your tea and turn up the volume because class is now in session call in a nine three six two six two six because your voice matters share your opinion on issues that matter the most to you
7: Oh my goodness, look at me, forgot to
2: take off my mute button. Ooh, honey, chow. Did I mess up the radio? Hold on now. I gotta put in my little headset. I was saying good morning, everyone. It is the third Friday of 2024. How is everybody doing? Hope you guys are having a fabulous 2024 so far. We got lots of things that we're gonna be covering today, including a couple polls. So um, let me just double check that we're still good. Panda Radio. Uh, don't you just love that intro song? We, we get a little bit, I find myself swaying to the music kind of chill, such a great song. Mm. And then Mr. Berman, who is the author and producer and everything of that song, he actually has done a country song for me as well. Look at that. I mean, who knew that we would have a country music song about CMR absolutely um i mean we'll, we'll play it again it debuted yesterday but we'll play it again in a little bit in case you guys missed it i absolutely love it thank you so much mr berman um i know he's going to tweak a couple things like when we're um when we can actually get in the studio and stop it i mean he's he's so talented Whew! that's what you call some good key man talent right there um thank you everyone uh miss vernita is here oa says hi hi what does oa stand for i wonder Diamond Princess is in the house. She says, happy Friday. Uh- 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 Have a safe and fantabulous day. Thank you, Miss Wee Wee. Um, relaxing weekend. Ervalyn is here. Steven joining us from the UK. Oh, gosh. Hold on now. I need to grab my links. Okay, while I'm grabbing my links, I'm actually going to play the country song as well. Y'all ready? Hold on. Yes, honey. Cool. Arthur. Cool. Arthur.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: Now she will tell you how it goes But don't you ever step on her toes And she will hear the cold-eyed truth from Sandra They say she's the hero in town Helping people from all around You'll get a call, your money is found It's Sandra
7: we love finding money
2: The dark. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Beautiful.
1: Song. Good morning,
2: Sunshine. Yeah, don't call too late now. Yeah.
1: She will not just leave it alone. She'll get up and call on the phone. I've politics.
7: Yeah, the phone, I call.
1: And some will start to criticize, get on the show and tell pure lies, but soon they will realize it's Sandra. And when they start to argue again, she'll pull their heads to the hits to do it.
2: i love it i love it i love it i love it it. two completely different genres so depending on what mood you're in you know you can play the first one and then there you go he did a little country music one for me as well that's fantastic absolutely love it somebody actually did one for me that's a little bit different um it's more like i guess i don't know what genre that would be uh dance hall hip-hop i don't know um, but maybe I'll, I'll play that one one day as well because, you know, somebody took the time to write it. So, but those two, definitely my favorite. All right, Ervalyn, I think we're good. Uh, Jake, good morning. How are you? Miss Bula is here. Miss Dean says, yes, honey, chal. Here making my tea. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, good morning to Haley, Felipe. Uh, Haley says, I ain't doing a thing this weekend. Good for you. Sexy Jeannie, good morning to you. Canada is here. Oh yeah. Bring it on. Good morning to Paula. Says, good morning, my cuz. Have a blessed morning. Good morning, good morning. We've got Kimmy. Selena, how are you? Oh, it's your mom's birthday. Well, happy birthday. Yes. Okay, we'll get a birthday song queued up. Um, send her picture to us as well. We'll post it up. At Caribbean Sunshine, says, buenos dias, Mirina. Hello, darling, how are you? Scott is here. Oh, Scott, I must have gained five pounds over the holidays going in every day eating your um, holiday special over at Waffle Monkeys. Oh, God, I feel like I could go for some right now. Am I the only one who thinks about holiday food when it's not the holidays? Mm -mm -mm. Some nice turkey and ham and stuffing and ugh. Mm making myself hungry. Miss Sonia, how are you, honey? Chill. Patrick, morning. Morning to Miss Pat. Um, somebody says, good morning here in the office, listening to you on YouTube. I know a lot of you be sneaking a little, listen, near at work. And people tell me they have their headphones in. The boss, they can't even hear the boss. Um, they have no access to Facebook because they block Facebook. But a lot of times they don't block YouTube. So y'all be tuned into YouTube. By the way, if your bosses try to block um, YouTube or Facebook, you know that Bobo is actually the live stream is um, online as well. So just go to dmsbroadcasting.com and I think it's .com, and you should be able to listen live there as well. Just a little, you know, giving you the sauce. All right, uh, v- Miss Venice says the next time I'm at Peppers, I'm going to ask Mr. B to play this song. <laughs> That is so funny. What night is he at Pepper's? Is it Friday or Saturday night? Boy, that'd be some good music. I got to tell you, I love good live music when you get to dinner. Um, So Alejandro is in the house. Good morning, Alejandro. Good morning to Miss Sharon. It says, I wonder why Cubans leave if, according to that, it is the paradise of the stars. Shell, no, 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 no. That is no paradise when you're so poor. Poor things. Robert, good morning to you. Aliana's in the house. Good morning, Annie B345. How you doing, honey? Chill. Miss Hilda is here. Says, happy Friday, beautiful people. Um, <laughs> Dean says, I'd like to see Sandy stand up and do a few moves, a.k.a. dance. Yes, sir. Uh, Annie says, I love listening to your show, My Morning Routine. Oh, thank you so much. And you know the beauty of it. There's so many people who... Have made it a part of their morning routine. They say, Girl, I get up. If you're late, I'm like, where is Sandy? You go on vacation. I'm having withdrawal symptoms. I'm like, OMG. Oh my God. What the heck? All right, Irvine. Uh, thank you. Um, says, but here you bussing out the people, them little secrets. Now you're gonna get them, <laughs> you're gonna get them blown or blow. Um <laughs> Well, listen, even the bosses be listening. Let's be honest. They be they be doing a little sneaky link too. So it's all right. It's all right. So um, yeah, happy Friday. Third Friday, like I said, of 2024. Third Friday of, of January, this month is just skirting all by. It's like on roller skates. Going quickly. So we got a lot to talk about. Some serious stuff. Some stuff that ugh, makes my stomach upset to even think about it. much as just talk about it. But we got to give you guys all the details. So we're going to definitely do that. So poll, poll question. We do have um, a poll that's up today as well. Um, and this is in relation to yesterday's show. So what do you think, um, by the way, um, what? All right. So um, just a possible correction here. Um, I-, I want this person to confirm this first though. Uh, I'm surprised at that. Uh-uh. Hold on a second now. This is with our penny story. I'm um, the nationality of the person may have been different, but I, I want this person to confirm it before I change it. So hold on one second. Um. Yeah, honey child, I'd be surprised if if this changes. Uh. Yeah, we want we want everything in the story to be um, accurate. So we're going to confirm the person is saying that the nationality may have been different, but uh, we're going to get them to verify. Um, it, it, it's neither here nor there in terms of you deciding to spit in someone, but the change in nationality to me is interesting because I would have thought the potential nationality that he's now saying that it is would have knocked her out. Seriously. A, a Jama- you going to spit on a Jamaican? Hmm? He He must be... Hmm? He must be from little some little country in some little country country bumpkin in Jamaica because uh most Jamaican men not gonna tolerate that, even from a woman. You're not gonna spit on him. So let me just verify um the nationality. Uh, the police report, we've contacted the police to inquire about whether or not um they um are gonna do anything about it since they do actually have a report, whether or not they're investigating it, what is it that they're doing. So that's gonna be a poll question today is um, whether or not you um, think that they should um, charge Little Miss Penny for, um, it would be common assault is the charge. So let me pull up the poll here in just a second. Um, I tell you, I you know the more I thought about it yesterday, the more I was disturbed by what happened. And it wasn't just that. I mean, it was a whole, like, she pulled over, got out of her car, was pulling on his on, on the car window. Like, they said, jerk the door open. Uh, listen, at that point, I think most people would have had all rights to to defend themselves. But in, in a court of law, self-defense has to be um, proportionate. That's the legal term that they use. So in other words, you can't bring a gun to knife fight kind of thing, right? Um, so you always have to keep that in the back of your mind. It has to be proportionate. But Lord, honey, I, I would have to pray for the good Lord to explain to me in that moment what proportionate actually meant, because I, I think I'd be seeing red. So I don't know. But um, you know you know what is so funny, though? You know, we say these things about how we would respond, But I got to be honest with you, when you're in a situation, you do respond a lot different than you think. Because there have literally been situations when I reflect on it afterwards, I think in my head, why was I so calm in that moment? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? And so that's a lesson in that, in fact, you never know what you're going to do. What I think happens is sometimes you are literally so shocked in the moment, like your response is like delayed. So, like, right after the person drives off, you're just like, "Oh, yeah, I should have knocked that. you know what out." <laughs> so Scott is asking for a quick recap. So, Scott, we have Miss Penny uh, Peterson Patterson, um, what's her name Patterson Bird, who lives down in Canal Point. And apparently she and other res- some other residents, not just her in the area, have not been happy with a new construction um, set of condos and stuff that are going up in there. So they go by and they are always making slurs and remarks to the construction workers. And so on December the 22nd, she actually um, got in an altercation with a man who his wife and young child had come to meet him for lunch. He'd gotten, the wife was actually driving and it was a right hand drive vehicle. And so the man got in, The vehicle to sit down, she came and yanked the door open, yelling and screaming at him, going on belligerent. And um, apparently at some point actually spat at him before getting back in her car and driving off and cursing out um, two additional workers as well. So he was there installing the appliances from a local, um, you know, appliance company. When I say appliance company, I don't want y'all to confuse, not appliance repair, but they actually sell appliances. So I don't necessarily want to name the company, but the company was made aware of the incident and the police were also called and a report was made over the phone. Now, from all indications, the police haven't done anything and it's been almost a month. They haven't done any follow up phone calls, nothing of the sort. And so I'm just confirming the initial report. It was that he was a Filipino man this morning. I'm going to ask the developer to just give me some confirmation. I mean, that bit of it isn't really here nor there, (laughs) except I would understand a Filipino man taking that more than a Jamaican man, but we're going to confirm. Um, and so basically people are calling for her now to be charged with common assault because spitting at, spitting at or on someone is common assault. Caller, good morning and welcome to the program.
8: Good morning. good morning. I wouldn't want, not bad. I wouldn't want you to mislead people into believing that if they come and attack me with a knife that, well, I'm going to say, okay, can you pause one minute until I find my knife? No. <laughs> no, I mean a gun, go a like gun can
2: definitely be appropriate yeah. in. I mean that that's a typical saying like you don't bring a gun to knife knife fight or whatever. But no, definitely, you don't bring it other way You don't bring a fight. knife to a gun fight. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: Anyhow, take care.
2: Oh, that's it. Okay.
6: Yeah.
2: All right. Um. So someone's asking, you know, is it the developer? I get the sense that they're just not happy about the development, you know, because they've already got their place. So now they don't want nobody else to have anything down in Canal Point um, and talking all, all sorts of foolishness. Uh, so it's, it's a hot mess. And it's indicative of, of really, really selfish people. When when they've got what they want, they don't think anybody else should, should get a little crumb or anything like that. But anyway, um, unfortunately, they only started <coughs> recording her after all of this. So we don't have the actual spitting on camera. But three or four different people um, witnessed it, uh, including the man, obviously himself, his wife and young child. She did it in the presence of who I'm assuming is her own child who was in the vehicle with her as well. Now I don't know how much that child would have seen because, you know, kids, depending on how tall they are, her child is sitting in the, pa- in the driver's seat. So um, based on the video that I see, he does look like he can see out the window. He or she, I, I'm assuming it's a boy. It looks like a boy's head. But um, <clears throat> I'm assuming that he could actually see out the window. So as you guys know, we did call. She's a manager at PwC. I'm curious to know what kind of manager she is, actually. But um, we did reach out to them. And they said that they were aware of the matter. And they were dealing with it internally. We don't know exactly what that means. Um, most people don't think much of it will co- Don't Most people don't think much will come of it internally because, you know, her husband is a partner and let's just, let's just be honest. They say kisses go by favors or is it favors go by kisses? No, kisses go by favors. So, you know, your, your husband is not going to hold you accountable because you spat on someone. Although my husband would probably divorce me. (laughs) He'd be like, that's a horrific thing to do. He would not be happy. Um, but you know, a lot of people, listen, a lot of y'all know what horrible spouses you have. And so you do nothing about it. Um, you let them go around embarrassing you and embarrassing themselves and not being very nice people. Um, good morning, caller.
3: Yeah, morning. I, um, as I listen to this story again today, mm. I, I don't know because I can promise you if that would me sure to get one of them box sounds you always talk about. Mm-hmm. What is more, I don't know whether it's hurtful or painful or embarrassing, is that She had a child in the car. Yeah. She Mm. had a child in the car. Yeah. And when these types of behaviors start to creep up in school and they're demonstrated Mm. toward other children, we Mm. talk about, I don't know where he would have seen that. I don't know where little Tommy would have gotten that from. It's not something that we do, you know? And I mean, it speaks to a greater consciousness for all of us, myself included as a parent, of of our actions, you know? Mm. We just think it's our words, but it, it, it is also our actions. But... I want to publicly say that I think that that woman is despicable mm-hmm. and vile, and yeah. <clears throat> she spot on the she spot sorry to put it this way on the right person because if it was the wrong person, she might have need a new face or definitely a jaw. Mm-hmm. That is I, I, communi- this is how we get communicable diseases. Yeah, it, I mean I it's it's, it's there, there's so much. Is the,
2: yeah, there, there's absolutely.
3: Most ...thing that you can do to another human. And for what reason? Yeah. For what reason? What could possibly justify you spitting on another human? Yeah. What?
2: What? And, and she was what? apparently saying, you know, that, that she owns the road. And um, I, wanted, I, I do want to put this distinction in there because this ties into a few other things that we've been talking about. It is a private oh, she road.
0: But, you she, should know, with she should pick yeah. it up and take it
2: with her. She should pick it up and take it with her. I think that government also needs to look at... Remember the other situation in West Bay with the right-of-way, where people think that they can own a private right-of-way and then government had to go in and make it a public road in order to kind of address that issue? I think that even in these so-called um, gated communities, government should mm-hmm. not allow as many... Or shouldn't allow, in my opinion, any such thing as a... Um, private road, because then you start to get people like Penny. It's a private road, so you can't come in here. You can't own it. You can't, you know.
3: Well, this is it, right? And a, a private road, for all intents and purposes, it could actually exclude emergency services if it
2: wanted to. Well, I don't think the law permits that, even on a private road. But... I, I
3: don't know because I, I the law is kind of skewed in my opinion around mm-hmm. it, because it says something that that that, you know, Let's just use a DUI for instance. If a person is driving under the influence and goes onto a private property, um, the only way that that person can be, I guess, kind of sort of reined in mm-hmm. is that the private property is personal and not private, as in a commercial private private. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's just say a supermarket parking lot, right. because they take it that. It is, although it is private, other mm-hmm. persons can, perverse,
2: can access it. Yeah, perverse,
3: correct. So, I I mean, I, I'd hate for Penny to be um, choking on something and need an ambulance, but um, it, it, it is despicable. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I,
2: I, I mean, I'm 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 thankful that I've never I've never experienced anything like that, Ooh. and I hope I hope to God I never do, because again I. <laughs> Girl, I, I, I really know in my heart of hearts that I'm not designed for prison. Like that's not the life that I'm about, (laughs) but, um, in the name of self-defense, I would have to tap her very, very hard for doing that sort of thing. And, um, to me, it would make no difference that she was a woman. In fact, if a child even spat at me, I would have to use a lot of, a lot of, um, willpower to not grab that child and string that child up. You've got to teach kids that they're, and you know, like you said, the fact that she did it in front of her own child, I think is adds also another element to this. Cause you have to wonder people like this, they are yeah. raising children who are mm-hmm. the next generation who are going to be torturing your children, you know, not, not for anything. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about Penny and I don't know where her kids go to school or whatever, but one of the issues that is constantly reoccurring at Cayman Prep, for example, is that the children at Cayman Prep who are um, foreign children, uh, normally 99.999% Caucasian, English and whatever else, um, have this sense of entitlement at that school. (laughs) And they go around bullying Mm -hmm. the local children and they do all sorts of things to them, blaming them for vaping, which they didn't do, blaming them for smoking in the bathroom, just calling them the N-word, doing all this stuff and the, the administration and teachers at Cayman Prep are ill-equipped to deal with the situation. And of course, the Caymanian parents who send their children to Cayman Prep, you know, don't wanna teach their kids to just pump somebody up because then the kids will get expelled from school and they want them to stay in this you know, good academic school and whatever. But it's one of the things that they struggle with. And I've always thought to myself, what kind of um, parents are raising children that would go in school and think that they could talk down to other children who, this is their country, by the way, just not for nothing, and actually call them the N word and all kind of stuff. Yeah. That means that those children. But, but, but most behaviors
3: that we know are learned and taught, you know? Mm. Whether it's directly or indirectly, yeah. they're learned and taught. Yeah, absolutely.
7: And yeah. yeah.
3: And so to, 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 to throw your hands up and say, <coughs> oh, I don't know where Johnny got it from. You absolutely do know where Johnny got it from. Yeah. And, and, and again, I implore all of us to be more conscious. I mean maybe maybe um we're not as disgusting and vile as that animal that i that I saw there. Mm-hmm. but you know, just in general, maybe you're saying the the s bomb you know in front of your kids and it's not a big deal, but just remember that they, they are and I will use that old cliche they are little sponges and even as teenagers mm-hmm. and whom that they start to think and believe that there's a behavior that you yourself are engaging in is okay or. Or and and you start to you, listen. You let it slide once that is it. yeah yeah. I well, mean yeah, and I, I mean, mean this
2: is where parents, I think, need to be more cognizant of um of the things that they're doing in front of their children, because so many parents yeah. do things and they don't think about wow, my child just saw me do that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, cursing in front of kids. Um, you know, all, all sorts of egregious uh, behavior. And so, you know, parents, let this be um, <laughs> let let this be a lesson that you should not uh, do certain things in front of your children. You have to be very, very cognizant of the example that you are setting for them, because children take it all in. You know, believe me, you I'm I'm always surprised when people say to me, um, "Oh, you know, I see my child doing this," and I'm looking at them going. Well, where did the child get that behavior from? Well, they're getting it from your household. They're seeing you as their primary yeah. you know, example in life do certain mm-hmm. things. And that's why, you know, like I tell people, listen, I, I don't personally see anything wrong with adults um, using profanity. I mean, I think that's your right to do so. And I, I do have a mouth that is <laughs> like a sailor sometimes, but I can tell you that I do not use uh, any of those words in front of my child um yeah. my poor husband would probably have a heart attack and in fact I I must admit and this is where you know you have to be careful when she was really young she wasn't even like really talking or anything yet I mean she's starting to talk I um was in the car with her right on sound road and I was talking to somebody on the phone and I did say the f-word and um I heard her in the background trying to repeat what I said this is when she yep. was first started yep. and of course she doesn't know what it means first starting to talk and I was like oh geez I'm peace let me not say that. Mm-hmm. And now I'm it's, it's to the some... point where I can't even spell. You know how sometimes you'd be st- so, f <laughs> you would be spelling some f, and and now you can't you can't do that because now she knows how to spell some. And then she'll ask you, well, what does that word mean? What is mom? What does so and so spell? And you're like, okay, then. So you know you've got to be really careful, and it's our responsibility as parents to try to raise really good, decent human beings. Um, but you know the the comment that I've gotten. Let me let me read to you what someone um, said about Penny. And again, I don't know Penny from The Man in the Moon. So believe me, you, you know, a lot of people, oh, is this personal? Does Sandy not like Penny? I don't even know who Penny is. She's she's nobody to me.
3: I don't know her. You well, know. well, I would say as much as on Penny's, on Penny's behalf, I have heard this story about 400 times now. And mm-hmm. this is the first time that I have heard anybody come to Penny's defense about poor Penny not poor penny Penny is a nasty disgusting vile animal and should be in a cage for that kind of behavior
2: well this is what one person said and I, I think it's always interesting when because um, sometimes we want to draw lines along like oh is that person like a Caymanian well maybe they don't don't like English people or they don't like expats when you hear? English people themselves, expat themselves, who've been here and who are now Caymanians. But, you know, they have a, a different perspective. When you see them calling at a particular person for just being nasty, it takes on a very different... You know that it's the truth. You know what I mean? It takes on a very different... So I've had um, several people that I know who were part of that expat Caymanian community. You know, same thing. Mm-hmm. Their fathers came here. When they were really, really young, back in maybe the '60s or '70s, and they've grown up their entire lives here, they consider themselves Caymanians. Um, another person is a businesswoman, has you know, lots of different businesses, and you know, in a certain um, uh, sector of the community, if you will. And she said this: she said, "Hello from," and she puts her location. She's vacationing overseas. She said, "I tuned into your show, and I just want to say I love, I loved you and Gigi's conversation." Also thank you for exposing one of the most uh, one of the very worst people in brackets Karen aka Penny Bird that I had the displeasure of knowing and came in. Cayman. I've had a run mm-hmm. in with her and put her in her place and can attest that she continues to be an absolute despicable, arrogant, rude and all out mean person. Great show today. I mean, I was taken aback cuz like I said again, I don't know Penny, I don't know anything about Penny, but I was taken aback by this comment. And I think that, you know, who it came from um certainly says a lot. And um yeah, there you I've go. I've
3: not heard I've not heard one good response um with regards to her. Not one single one. I've heard nobody say other than that comment that you just read, everybody said, well, she gets she gets what she deserves. Mm-hmm. Everybody has had the same yeah. sentiment. She must be pretty disgusting, so all I can say, well, kudos to her. She will um, have a good time living it up. And I heard she got as much shame as those roosters in Hurley's parking lot, what they're carrying you know? on. So I guess it may not bother her and just roll off her back. Mm-hmm. But I will leave you there. Hopefully, she's listening and she'll learn some manners. Mm-hmm. She's been here long enough to do that. Learn well, some manners. You know,
2: I, I mean, if she hasn't learned it yet at her age, I certainly wouldn't be holding my breath. But there you go. I'm not gonna hold my breath, but she's gonna gonna do something to the wrong person, somebody's gonna twist her face. Mm. Well, let's see what the RCAPS is gonna do about this. Folks, our poll is up. The poll question being Do you think that Penny should be charged with common assault? Um, What I can tell you without fear of contradiction, if that was me that did that, you better believe I'd be charged with common assault. Listen, I have been charged with saying something to someone, never touched them, nothing. So you can imagine. Not only did she say something to someone, she actually spat in somebody's face. So go vote in the Karen poll. I'll pull it up here, folks, Um, and uh, share the link with everybody as well. So what a hot mess. Caller, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. All right. So we're going to go from one hot mess of a person to another. Um, Let me just get this up so you guys can scan it. You can also put the link in the comment section because I know some of you say that you can't really scan things. Um, there you go. So there's a link and I will pull in the poll as well. You know, I find that unfortunately, a lot of times these things happen and then we we let it go too quickly. We we don't have the necessary follow through. And so if you guys know anything about me, you probably made the observation that I really believe in um and follow through. So sometimes it comes across as, oh my God, Sandy's got a little bone. And she's like a dog with a bone. She's going to hold on to that bone, right? Or gnaw it to death. But um, I think that too often the opposite happens where we talk about something and we just let it go. Today we moved on um, to another topic and, um, you know, no real change has come about. And there has to be real change in accountability, even if the police themselves, and I really hope that they do the right thing because legally they have an obligation to do so. Everybody should get justice. Justice is not something that is reserved for just certain people. It's like, you know, oftentimes um, every single day I walk my dog multiple times. And sometimes during the course of that, I hear the dogs next door that killed my cocoa. And I can tell you that as a law-abiding citizen, I've tried to do everything in my power to not retaliate in any way after that happened. Um, it, it is something, unfortunately, that is um, imprinted on my brain as a very, very traumatic experience to the point where when I'm walking and I hear those dogs bark, I literally have a physical response. Um, I'm not saying that it's PTSD, but I'm saying I can understand how people can have, from experiences, PTSD. Because my heart skips a beat, I feel as though I'm going to have a panic attack. Right? I cannot even imagine if they ever got it again, what on earth would happen? And so it is. Um, it's it's the sort of thing, folks, where in that case, right? Regardless of how nice my neighbor is, she should have been charged with permitting dangerous dogs to be in a public space. The police, I don't know whose decision it was, whether it was them or the DPP's office, nobody charged her. And I, listen, this has nothing, it's not a question of whether I like her or don't like her, that has nothing to do with it, fair is fair. And I know in my hearts of heart that if that was a Caymanian neighbor, if that was a Jamaican neighbor, even if that was a Cuban or Honduran neighbor, that person would have been charged for um, permitting two dangerous dogs to be out on the street. You know, when the police um, contacted me after I provided my statement, they were doing some follow-up inquiries and they're like, oh, well, you know, is it true that your dog was in the road? I almost cursed out the police officer because I said, what does that have to do with it? He, he, Coco actually wasn't, she was not, right? Uh, we had video footage to show exactly where she was. But even if she was in the road, oh, well, you know, um, she was walking without without a leash. She was literally going to, we had like, we used to have a little bush in front of her her yard that was part of like a driveway design. And she would like to go there and sniff it and just pee and whatever, and then come back inside. But even if she wasn't, that has nothing to do with the offense of permitting um, dangerous dogs to be on a public road. But of course, you know, they find every imaginable excuse in the world to not hold people accountable. Um I see somebody's calling me here. I don't know. Um Good morning caller. Hello? Mhm. It says what's up connecting, it's not connecting. So yeah, so you know, it's um it's it's unbelievable how as much as I go to bat for the judiciary when stuff actually gets the court, generally speaking, I do know that there is an unfairness in the process up until that point. There there seems to be a different standard for some people. This is a reality that we're dealing with and there should not be. So if we have to hold the um, RCIPS accountable for not even investigating the matter, preparing a file, and taking it to the DPP's office, then we have to hold them accountable. If um, you know we have to hold the DPP's office for not being fair in their rulings, then we have to hold them accountable as well. If we have to hold the court a- accountable for some of the decisions that come out of the court that don't make any sense, then we have to hold them accountable as well. There can be no separate um, justice for different people just because of who you are or what you look like, or you're a person of privilege or whatever. None of that. That's why I say, listen, you know, Makiva Bush, whatever his situation is, um, the fact that they could arrest him as standing premier of this country, charge him now, this is like his third time at the rodeo of being charged. If they have sufficient evidence, and it doesn't take much to actually get charged in this jurisdiction, but if they have sufficient evidence for all of that stuff, I have zero issues With them charging him because he should not get special treatment just because of who he is, right? If people file a complaint, if there are allegations against him, he should be treated just like everybody else. Good morning, caller.
9: Good morning, Sunday. Morning, my good subject. Um, Concerning this, um, Karen Penny, or whatever hell her name is, Mm -hmm. this has got to be the one and most despicable acts that a person could could do to another human being. You know, it's fortunate that she didn't meet the right person. Mm -hmm. I don't advocate any violence or anything else, Mm -hmm. but this is despicable. And I hope the police charge her.
2: They need to. to. Yeah.
9: She should be, if, if it's possible, she should be deported because this is something we do not need in our society. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it and place house the manager. If I if that was my wife, I would I would take out divorce proceedings. <laughs> right here away.
2: here's what Johan says. Johan says, "FYI, reality check: the lady is a Caymanian, so so yes, because her father came here, I think, in the seventies or whatever." So of course she has Cayman status. I don't know if she was necessarily born here, but listen, I don't care whether she's a Caymanian or not, Johan. Right, she have no right to do that. She she might be a first generation Caymanian. I don't care whether she's a Caymanian or not, because if a (laughs) Caymanian did that to me, they they would get the exact same treatment. So to me, that's neither here nor there. But I do think that one of the reasons certain people are arrogant, despite the fact that they are quote unquote Caymanians, it's because of, of their upbringing, this sort of colonial, oh, my dad was English and we think that we're better than everybody else kind of mentality. And you cannot ignore and you cannot deny the fact that that actually exists. The sort of colonialism mentality exists and it is real and exists in people's homes. And it certainly explains the attitude that some of them have.
4: But, and um, you've got to realize when she was born here and these folks that came here, this foreign nationals came here. We had decent people come into this country. Sometimes, to, to
2: be clear, some, some of them were decent. Some, some of them went under the radar. They were not decent people, but you know, we just put them on a pedestal and ignored them because they were from a foreign. And you know a Caymanian don't like nothing better than a foreigner, especially if they're yeah. a particular type of foreigner. Let's just be very real here, Mr. Dexter. We have, we have accepted, we can cuss the Jamaicans oh, yeah. and go on about them, this and that. But if you're a foreigner who is is from the mother country, you automatically get a pass that you're better than everybody else. And that has been part of the problem historically with our people is we have put those individuals on a pedestal. And that's why now when they treat us like shit, we, we like, oh, wow, you can't treat us like that. Really? They've been treating us like that from day one. It's just that we were accepting of it. And, and but, kissing their royal behinds too, not just accepting, but also kissing their royal behinds, because you know, we as a people have some internal issues that we could probably really break down and talk about.
4: But I'm talking about I'm talking about the people that I have met. I have not met uh, anyone that would ruffle my feathers. And and I am talking about the 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 long um residents that have come here years ago they're some of the most beautiful people but i but i have not met the the terrible ones so i can only give you the experience that i've had Mm -hmm. but but anyway sandy thank you you keep up the pressure of these and the police department to follow this up thank you mr dexter the most one the most despicable and you know look who we should pick to do it with a Filipino, which is most, yeah. We're we're gonna passive. confirm
2: because the developer has said um he's gonna confirm this morning if the guy was a Filipino or Jamaican, but um definitely foreign worker. But uh, we're gonna get confirmation of that this morning.
4: Okay, and anyway, thank you for having um the how would I put it um bringing this to the forefront without you in Cayman we would be lost, we would be like an iguana out in the dark and I thank you personally, thank you and I think every Caymanian or every person that lives in this country should be calling into the radio station this morning but I don't think if she's even going to show her, if she has any, any pride at all, I don't think if she's going to be out, out in the public Um, after this for a while, because uh, if she hasn't applied, I would be so embarrassed to face the public. Mm.
2: All right, Mr. Dexter. Thank you. We do have another caller in the line as well. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program.
10: Good morning, Sandra. Morning. Um, I I was going to say what what you said. Um, It's an issue of, of cultural assimilation and people who come here and, even though they may have been born here, they, they refuse to assimilate with the culture. I mean, I, growing up in Cayman, I might be you behind, but I, I don't recall anybody ever spitting on somebody after a fight. I mean, for me, it's just so foreign to us. Not saying that it hasn't happened, but it certainly isn't. It, it isn't part of us. Matter of mm-hmm. fact, I remember growing up hearing all the Caymanians curse other nationalities, I won't call names, um, for, for, for spitting everywhere. But that just shows, for me, that shows me how, how sadly we do spitting.
7: Mm-hmm.
10: Much like spitting on someone
7: else.
10: Mm-hmm. But yes, is. I think it definitely is a problem with, with cultural assimilation. I mean, you have good and you have bad in every nation. Mm-hmm. But you certainly have people who come here, they make no effort to assimilate with Caymanian culture. They make no effort to make... Uh, you Know, came on your friends, they look down their noses on us, they look down their noses on our ways, and they look down on their nose on everybody else. And when, and you know, talking specifically about British people again, I hate when uh, broad brush brushstrokes are used to paint people, yes, right? But I find that with a lot of them, you, you talk to them, and it's almost like they're not aware that England is no longer an 18th century world power, <laughs> you know, it, it, they think mm. that oh my god you know it's it, you know we're the best we're we're, we're whatever and, and it's like okay which is why you left pounds for dollar
7: mm-hmm.
10: which is why you left the motherland to come here mm-hmm.
2: so we have a, we have a um an interesting account that has jumped in um edward ebanks um uh never he doesn't even post anything on his page but he's jumped in and just updated his profile picture I guess doesn't really want us to see who he really is. So he said, CMR, apologize. Shame on you for spreading disinformation. I was at the Lotus Development site and you've made up half the alleged facts. You don't even get close to referencing the right nationality. It's evident now that trusting your information is a mistake. Hey, listen to this BS. The actual issue here is the American site manager temporarily working for Bureau, who irresponsibly had cars obstructing blind corners and roads, Subsequently, a child got injured as cars were forced onto the wrong side of the road. So let us well, call. call penny, hold on. Hold on. Let us, to 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 on let, let us call Mr. Barrow this morning. Let us call Mr. Barrow this morning. And we can certainly inquire about this. The fact that um, Edward Ebanks, you have to hide behind a fake account, says a lot about you. Good morning, Good morning, Mr. Barrow. How are
5: you? Hey, Sandra. Very good. Thanks. How are you?
2: I'm good. So um, we're live on air, FYI. And I just want to clarify something with you because we've had someone, we were still talking about this Penny um, Penny Patterson Bird situation. And we've got this very suspicious account going by the name of Edward Ebanks who jumped in, um, had to change his profile photo so people don't even see who he is. And he's claiming that, um, that I need to apologize for spreading disinformation I was at the Lotus Development site and you've made up half of the alleged facts. You didn't even get close to referencing the right nationalities. It's evident now that trusting your information is a mistake. The actual issue here is the American site manager temporarily working for Baro, who irresponsibly had cars obstructing blind corners and roads. And consequently, a child got injured as cars were forced onto the wrong side of the road." Um, this is your project, this is your your construction project. What do you know about what Mr. Edward Ebanks here is saying in relation to this incident, um, claiming that we've gotten half of the information wrong just because we need verification on the um, nationality, which in my mind, the nationality of the victim, which in my mind is actually very minor detail, but we want to make sure that we get it right and we will correct it. Um, your your site actually reported this matter to the police is that not correct
5: yes yes we did it's i mean it's the most unfortunate incident um not one that i would have expected um i'm just giving that the you know this is something that was completely unwarranted and it is really i mean you you simply don't spit on people you simply don't have if you have a grievance this is not how one should be acting right so Mm -hmm the the what took place was was definitely something that was appalling and it was unwarranted and the gentleman i feel bad for the gentleman um who was spat on because he's such a lovely guy and he did nothing wrong how this <clears throat> how they how the matters what started this if you will mm-hmm. is that the parking lot was being paved and as a result of the parking lot being paved the the construction workers were temporarily parking on the shoulder of the road, mm-hmm. the, not obstructing traffic. So the, the homeowners in the area had the ability to, to traverse in and out of, uh, across the site, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, this lady obviously took it upon herself to attack this man. Um, he was, you know, was unprovoked. She, uh, if you have a grievance, you know, we we handle these things like adults. We have a conversation about it. Uh, we can facilitate and try to do what you know um, what's necessary or whatever we can do to kind of help um, assist. But you know, to to go after someone and actually spit on them is is um was wow. certain uncalled call for and and, and and is just despicable and disgraceful. Right. So there there we are. And and just to confirm as well, because I just heard what you just said in that post. Mm-hmm. there was no, there was no incident with the child. Uh, no one got injured. There was no issue with someone getting hurt on the site. Um, you know, the site has never had an issue as far as uh, in relation to anyone ever getting hurt. So that's, to me, it sounds like it's a fake post, to be mm-hmm. honest.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, um, I said this morning that we're going to verify the nationality. So now all of a sudden this person, again, Edward Ebanks looks very much like a fake account is saying that you didn't, you don't even get close to referencing the right nationalities. Um, we are confirming the nationality of the victim, but let's be clear here, um, Stefan, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, Stefan, sorry. I was about to confuse your brother there for a second. <laughs> um, let's just be clear here. Multiple people witnessed this situation.
5: Yeah, I mean, if our site supervisor was there, our project manager was there, one of our general contractors, and, and and as far as I'm concerned, it's irrelevant what the nationality is. What does it matter whether the person was Filipino or Jamaican? It doesn't matter.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: The, fact is, the fact is we're all human beings and you don't treat people that way. You don't spit on people because you have a disagreement. Right. That's the bottom line.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So the matter has been reported to the police, but as far as you know, the police have not um, contacted anybody, including yourself, from the site.
5: Yeah, to the best of my knowledge um nothing has been followed up or followed through with. Mm-hmm. So but I, but it was it was reported.
2: Right. Okay. So we'll get confirmation uh, later on today on the nationalities because like I said we want to make sure that whatever we're reporting is as accurate as possible. So we're happy to confirm that whether he's Filipino or Jamaican. Like I said that's the most minute detail here of the story and the fact that um Edward Ebanks aka Kevin um you know akin to Karen would even try to say that oh that means that 50% of your story um isn't accurate because you didn't get the nationality. I mean you're you're majoring in the minor son you're majoring in the minor.
5: Yeah, yeah. but, but the, we'll we'll I mean, get it bottom,
2: correct and we will definitely fix that if it, it needs to be changed.
5: The, I mean I think the bottom line here is that the act did occur and th- that's the important part. The focus shouldn't be on the nationality of the individual but but the act itself. And um, spitting on someone certainly is just unwarranted. And and it's not just that.
2: She actually jerked open his door and was pounding on the window and all sorts of stuff. I mean, this woman seemed to have had quite a moment. I don't know if she was having some kind of, like, if there's something else going on in her life. But again, this is just not what you do.
5: Yeah, quite quite possibly. I'm not in a position to comment, but for sure. I mean, it's just, I mean, the the act itself and, and the way in which... Um, she acted that day. I think it was certainly unwarranted. I think part of that, there there's a video circulating, I think. So part of that kind of reflects a little bit of, of, yeah. kind of what happened. And,
2: and, it, and it's so unfortunate it her, that so. in this day and age, people are like, well, I need to see the video of her spitting. That wasn't captured in video because I'm assuming your guys weren't anticipating this to happen.
5: Well, who would have known, right? I mean, we, no one anticipated that that was going to ultimately happen. So, you know, we, we don't walk around with, cameras in hand. Right. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. just at least not, not filming. So it was just completely unexpected. It's not what we would have thought, which is kind of why this thing is so shocking, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. So.
2: Yeah. Well, um, hopefully we will, um, you know, have some, you know, some resolution. I think that the police should be sending a message here that justice is blind. Lady justice is supposed to be blind. So regardless of who you are or, or where you're from or whatever, um, you know, they should be, they should have arrested her by now. They should have fully investigated this, taken statements from everyone and arrested her for common assault.
5: Yeah. I mean, at the, at the very least, I mean, the way I look at this is that where, where is the human decency in all of this? And you know, I would have expected at this point, this gentleman was affected by this. I mean, this is, no one wants to be spat on. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly the guy, the guy did nothing wrong. He was a subcontractor who came to the site, mm-hmm. but the, the part about this that but, you know, I, I think in my mind, at the very least, is that where is apology? You know, to this gentleman, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of these days later, weeks later, this man could have been apologized to, and to the best of my knowledge and from what i from what I understand, you know, no one has come forward to to even apologize to say, mm-hmm. "Hey, sorry for what I've done. I had a bad day." You know, either way, the the actions are inexcusable.
2: Mm-hmm. But something um, would have been good. You know, um, almost a month later. And this was yeah, this, prop, this incident happened lunchtime, so this is like midday. Miss Miss Brenda's yeah. is opining that maybe she was drinking. I mean, I don't know how drunk you could get driving, uh, midday. But she didn't sound intoxicated. But who knows, Miss Brenda? But yeah. still, there's no excuse for this type yeah, of behavior, I, right?
5: Yeah, unfortunately, I can't speak to that. But yeah, I I I don't know what what was happening as to why she acted the way she did. But mm-hmm. either way, you know, I would have hoped at least to, um, for the gentleman's sake that an apology would have. You know he would have received an apology by now. But mm-hmm. anyway, it is, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but Sandra, thanks. Um, yes, I thank you so appreciate much. Appreciate it. I
2: appreciate you. Okay, it have, too. have
5: a great day. Thank, thanks. thank you. Good talking with you. you Take too. care. Bye bye.
2: Bye. Yeah, we. Well, you know, I, I wasn't there, so obviously we are reporting what um, has been shared with us. Like I said, a police report was immediately made. This isn't something uh, a week or two later. They're like, oh yeah, well we didn't like what she did last week. This was so egregious. Edward, I need you to pay attention now. Since you've decided to join the classroom today, I want you to move to the front of the classroom. This was so egregious that the police were called immediately. The thing that I would say to you- Let me say this real quick. The thing that I would say to you, Edward uh, Ebank, since you claim that um, they're breaking traffic laws, obstructing blind spots, whatever, tell me where those those police reports are. The child was injured. Show us the police reports for that. I would welcome you to do so. Yes, Colin.
10: Um, before, before I go, I just wanted to say here, I mean, we, we, we say that he's minoring in the details, which is true. It really shouldn't matter what ethnicity a person is, right? But hear what's implicit in his, in, in Edward, whoever Edward is, if that's even his name. Mm
7: -hmm.
10: Hear what's implicit in his comments. The American contract, it was the American contractor's fault. So if it was, if it wasn't the Filipino's fault, when it was the American contract's fault, why didn't Penny go and spit in the American's face? Why because she, she, she can do it mm-hmm. but she, barely, she could do it well
2: we, we didn't make any you know? we didn't make any reference to um, the workers who witnessed it We did not make any reference to their nationality. I just knew that there were three to four additional persons who saw exactly what happened so I'm not sure when he said we got um most of the nationalities wrong I don't even know what he's talking about because the only nationality that we were speaking about was that the guy was said to have been a Filipino working for a local um, appliance company, installing the appliances. So if he's not Filipino and he happens to be Jamaican, we will certainly correct that. But does that change anything else about the story? No. Uh, Look at how Edward jumps to conclusions, right? Edward says, well, if you got that wrong, we shouldn't believe anything that you say.
10: Well, right. Sandra, maybe, 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 um, Penny's husband isn't the only man that she's seeing. Maybe Edward is, you
2: know, I don't know. I mean, we, we won't, we, we won't, we won't, <laughs> no, we won't get into, right. we won't get into <laughs> any of that. Um, but you know, it, listen, it, it's, it's interesting when you wish to, um, to dismiss an entire story because, oh, well, you might have gotten the nationality of the victim wrong. You can't dismiss what Penny did. Um, Edward does not even address the fact or the allegation, uh, which was reported to the RCIPS, that she actually spat on someone. You know, Edward, when, you, when you're coming to the table and you want to make an argument to say, well, l- l- let's talk about some facts here. Why don't you talk about how she grabbed the man's car door, yanked open the car door, bang it on the window. All those things are facts that were witnessed by people. Set the whole concept of nationality aside for a second. Sandra Co says, "Oh, for Mr. Jim, his you know what would have been in the earliest flight out of here." Her, um, you know, unfortunately, Sandra, um, as Johan is in the comment section arguing, she is a Caymanian. so we can't <laughs> we can't get rid of her. Um, and this is so incredibly, uh, you know, the, the, it is what it is. So let let us accept that as a fact. Right? We can't get rid of Penny. But I think what we can do, just like we just like listen to me, I would be here if this was a Caymanian that did this, I would be here holding them just as accountable. If this was a Jamaican that did this, we'd be talking about it the exact same way. So she doesn't get a pass because she's from somewhere. And, you know, to be fair, we're not calling her out because she's from somewhere else either. So I don't give two cahoots if she's Caymanian or not. Although with that accent, you would have thought she just got off the plane, that she has never lived in the Cayman Islands. My point being, when you come to the Cayman Islands and you become a Caymanian, right? My God, at least understand certain things that are part of our culture that you simply do not do. And if you do them, you should expect certain types of consequences uh, for that which means that the police should be talking to you penny someone said call the police they're so useless sometimes we can try let's see now if anybody can even answer the phone um you know of course we we didn't report it but we did reach out to them with the report number and uh, they've not yet even oh sorry they've not yet even replied to um our email good morning caller. Sandra. Hello, honey child.
6: It's been a minute.
2: I know. Where have you been? I was I was missing I, you.
6: I, I've been listening. Okay. Been listening. All right. I
2: was wondering if you went on a permanent vacation or something. I'm like, where is he? <laughs>
6: um, this woman, I'm sorry, is completely classless. Mm. I don't care how much money you have, mm-hmm. who you are, where you came from, or who you for. Mm-hmm. Classless.
11: Yep.
6: And what what needs to happen is this woman should be forced to make a public apology,
11: Mm.
6: holding her accountable without any of her sorry excuses Mm -hmm. of why she acted in the manner in which she did. Mm. You cannot even call this female a lady because a lady would never do anything Mm. like she did to anybody. Yeah. What I found in what I'm finding and found in Cayman, sadly, is there's too many passes given. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, people forget where they come from, whether she's Caymanian, paper Caymanian, whatever Caymanian she is. Um, the, the, there just needs to be stricter laws, meaning if you're a paper Caymanian, and I've said this over and over and over again, Sandra, mm-hmm. you're stripped of that right. Mm. If you break the law and do certain things, you are stripped of that right, whether you are, uh, have your residency, mm-hmm. your work permit, or you have Cayman status. It mm-hmm. is an honor and a privilege to have a Cayman status.
11: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah.
6: people come here and they come here for a reason. If they didn't like where they were, they came here, but don't come here and try to change where you came from because you didn't like where you came from. So why don't you just go back to where you came from? Mm -hmm. This island is just so full of, um, excuse me, BS anymore. Mm -hmm. People here and thinking they have every right to act the way they want, do what they want and treat people the way they want. Mm
7: -hmm. It is
6: unacceptable and inexcusable and the laws have to change, people Mm -hmm. have to change. Caymanians need to stand up, speak up, and speak out. And I'm not talking about paper Caymanians either. I'm talking about born and bred Caymanians,
11: mm-hmm. because
6: they're losing their country.
11: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's
6: really sad to see and witness what I see on a daily basis, and as long as I've been here, I'm honored to be here. I have, I'm privileged to be here, and I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. And I treat people accordingly the way I wish to be treated in a respectful manner. Mm
7: -hmm, mm -hmm. And a
6: lot of people have no clue what respect is anymore.
2: Very true. Thank you so much, caller. You bet. All right. 936-2626 is the telephone number. I'm going to read a few more comments on this and then we're definitely going to um, move on. So another caller calling in. Uh good morning, caller. Welcome to the program.
9: That need a kaboom kaboom, uh, kaboom thing. <laughs> he is perfectly right. Yes. And whether she's Kimanyan or not, don't um, care. You got to have manners and respect for people. hmm hmm I wouldn't accept that being a Kimanyan.
2: Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. So this person says, well, let Penny know that we don't consider her being one of us and she needs to adapt to her original nationality because she will never be one of us. And we will always be looked down on with disgrace, and she will always be looked down on with disgrace. (sighs) Um, Somebody says, I like him. Give him a kaboom. Another person. This person tells us exactly who she um, is. They say she's the daughter of so-and-so and who were English and migrated here in the late 70s and Penny grew up here. Yes, we, we are aware that she grew up here. In fact, people reached out yesterday and said they remember her from, I think it was St. Ignatius and that she's always been like this. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I remember little Penny when I went to school with her and nothing has changed. Uh, this person says that, that, think, that thing you said earlier about not dropping it, stay on it. Um, you wouldn't be saying anything about anybody had her actions not warranted it a public apology to this man and his family. Um, And they call her and ask her what her problem is, call the cops. I mean, they're so useless. I don't think it makes any sense to call them. Uh, you probably won't even reach anybody. But anyway, um, this person says she may have papers, but she doesn't have Caymanian values. Her behavior is indicative of the disdain many persons have towards the darker skin members of this community. Additionally, the discrepancy of the application of law between lighter skin residents and darker skin residents is systemic racism. And that is from A.K. Mandon. And this person says, but where in the world is it okay to spit in somebody's face? Uh, How does it make sense to harass workers? Is that going to stop the project? Yeah, I mean, even in the UK, you spit in somebody's face and you would definitely, they'd probably do something to you there, too. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, uh, this person says they should email K-Man the PwC leadership team, asking for her resignation. This is demoralizing and disrespectful. Uh, They do have a code of conduct. I haven't read it on their website, but I'm curious as to exactly what their code of conduct even says and if if it addresses certain things like this. You know what is so interesting? Um, When you are... um, you know, when you work in, in certain positions in certain jobs, it does matter what you do outside of your job. And we've seen this all the time. Uh, listen to me. You can go and Google Karens all over the world who have been fired for, you know, even, listen, Karens have not spat at anybody and they've not put their hands on anyone. And they were fired for making a phone call falsely alleging that a Black man was trying to attack her in the dog park. You guys remember that, Karen? The Central Park, Karen? She lost her job over that. This was back in June of 2023. Um, so this is where you guys might remember this video went went viral. She was dubbed the Central Park, Karen, fired after calling 911 on a Black bird watcher, um, has, l- has lost because she tried to appeal the people that fired her, her employees fired her, and she tried to appeal that She lost a legal appeal to be reinstated to her job. So Amy Cooper, PwC, I need y'all to pay attention now. Amy Cooper was dismissed by investment broker Franklin Templeton after cell phone footage of her falsely accusing Christian Cooper of harassing her back in May of 2020 was posted online and went viral. In a three to zero decision, a Manhattan appeals court, my apologies, ruled that Cooper who is white had failed to prove that she was illegally dismissed due to her race or um, had been defamed by her former employer. And this was according to a Reuters' uh, report. The May 25th, 2020 incident attracted global attention and global headlines after Mr. Cooper asked the woman to leash her dog in a popular bird watching area of Central Park where dogs are required to be leashed. Uh, Cooper refused. And when the situation escalated, she called 911 to falsely claim that he was posing a threat to her and her dog. Edward, seems like y'all believe in falsely accusing people stuff when you turn into Kevins and Karens. She told the police dispatcher that an African-American man was threatening her and her dog. The incident came on the same day as as George Floyd was murdered by Minneapolis police officers setting off a nationwide racial reckoning over racial intolerance, violence, and inequity. Um, A day later, Ms. Cooper was fired from her job as an insurance portfolio manager at Franklin Templeton. She alleged in a lawsuit filed in May of 2021 that Franklin Templeton's CEO had perpetrated her image as a privileged white female Karen (laughs) by making public statements about firing her after conducting an investigation into the incident. He claimed that Mr. Cooper... Uh, she claimed that Mr. Cooper um, had been an overzealous birdwatcher and the counter had nothing to do with his race. A judge uh, last year rejected her claims. Mm. To add to this story. So um, I saw, I think it was rough seas saying, well, what do you think is appropriate to add to the story in July of 2020, Ms. Cooper was charged rough seas and Johann, pay attention She was charged with falsely reporting an incident by the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Um, They say that the charge was later dropped after Ms. Cooper attended racial bias therapy sessions. (laughs) We need those in gay men. Christian Cooper is hosting a new television show, Extraordinary Birder with Christian Cooper, which premieres in National Geographic. Good for him. She was charged. So in the good old United States of America, they're trying to hold Karen's responsible, but y'all are saying here, well, you know, what do you want, Sandy? What's enough? Uh, so Rough C says, let's say she did spit in his face, Sandy. You said that you would kick her, you know what? Would you be satisfied with the kicking? Or would you think that she, you need more justice? Would you need to kick her, you know what, and then give her a lawsuit and possibly get her fired from her job? What is enough? What is enough is full accountability, right? She wouldn't spit in my face and get away with it. That's common assault. And I have a right to defend myself. And I would defend myself. The police should charge her. She should be charged with common assault. And PWC should dismiss her. Done anywhere else in the world, what makes K-Man Karens so special? That they get a complete pass. She's not been the only one um, that has gone uh, viral and as a result has been fired from their jobs. Here's another one. California Karen gets fired after racist outbursts in a McDonald's. This is back in August of 2023. So this is a TikTok video of a woman yelling at employees inside of a Fresno McDonald's went viral last week, and now she's been sacked from her job at the Fresno dentist office where she worked. The video captioned Karen in Fresno's McDonald's, was posted in August, uh, was posted, sorry, August the 17th, and has had some two million views as of Friday. And uh, in it, a customer named Luis Aceves, whatever, (laughs) Luis, let me get it right, Aceves intervenes and stands up for the employees after the woman reportedly entered the restaurant yelling at them about a soda. In the video, Aceves says, don't come in here and try to degrade people. The woman in response says, F you, you F Mexican to Aceves before exiting the restaurant diners inside the McDonald's started jeering um, when the individual who recorded the video could be heard exclaiming in shock. <laughs> I tell you, they catch you off guard, honey-chan. The woman was reportedly fired from her job. Employees uh, later told Ace- Aceves that the woman had started swearing at them at the drive through window, and uh, then she brought it inside. She was hurling racist remarks, and um, he said that he told the news outlet that he needed to step in. The woman employer at the dental office of Dr. Jack O'Hanisian put out a statement on Instagram on August the 19th because they responded swiftly, saying that she was put on administrative leave. And on August 22nd, the business posted a second statement in which they said the woman is no longer part of her team. And they went on to say, our diversity is our strength. Uh, Read the Instagram post. It is a cornerstone of our lives here today and of our dental practice. And so there you go. Another Karen was fired from her job. Only in Cayman do you have no consequences being a Karen (laughs) and go around cursing people and spitting on people. I'm just saying. (sighs) What a hot mess. Um, And there are multiple. Here's another one. Um, Kid gets Karen fired from the airline. So there are multiple examples of Karens all over the world who have been, um, in particular in the U.S., because apparently they have their fair share of Karens, um, who have uh, been fired because their employers recognize that that type of behavior is not something that they can be associated with. They don't want people who behave in that way to be part of their organizations. And Johan, let me be very, very clear. If it had been you, rough seas, if it had been you, you would be fired from your job. Kabish. JD says, I slammed that yes button like a double six. If you don't know the reference, like when you slam and you got a double six in dominoes you slam it extra hard and so he voted yes so so far 91% of you say that um penny patterson bird should be charged uh with common assault patrick um says why don't we talk about how three cubans who had been in the cayman islands for four years and were in the care of cbc disappeared <laughs> Uh, because we don't know anything about it. That's why we don't talk about it. If we don't know, we don't know. So he names them. We can certainly ask CBC about this. I suspect that um, if three Cubans in CBC custody have disappeared, they've left of their own accord and tried to go somewhere else. And maybe they haven't messaged you to say, hey, brother, we made it to Mexico or the United States of America. Come on over. Uh, let's move on. Please go vote. Share the um, share the poll. Let's get those numbers up there. Um, someone says, tell her to go do this BS in Jamaica. Uh, this person says, um, good morning, Sandra. Big topic this morning on this lady spitting on people, but we can hold her accountable. Uh, whenever she turns up to any gas station, do not serve her any gas. Supermarkets do not cash her out. Restaurants do not serve her. Any place on the island that she needs service, just do not serve her until she does a public apology. As simple as that. We would not even need the police to get involved. We can do this ourselves. Um, I mean, we can hold her accountable from a community perspective, but let me be um, very, very clear that um, that is not the same thing as holding her liable and actually recording a conviction. That's what needs to happen. If it was me and you, we would have a conviction recorded. All right. Um, two more comments. This person says um, Could this be heading in the territory of a hate crime? Although we don't have any hate crime laws yet, this is what happens when someone of her socioeconomic background assaults someone considered as being of a lower level. Who does this crap in this day and age? I don't know. Um, thank you for that. Okay. All right, honeytail. So, um, let, let's briefly touch on um the Cuban situation. So yesterday, you guys know that a gentleman called in, and it was a little bit. Um, Eddie did his best. Thank you so much, Eddie um, to sort of figure out exactly. Um, oh, that's strange. Hold on one second. Um, Eddie did his best to translate for us and to try to figure out what this man um actually wanted. He continued to call yesterday and I had to have another Spanish speaker call him back and say, Hey, um, how can I help you? Like, well, what is it that you actually want? <laughs> you know? So, you know, we, we explained to him yesterday that we didn't know anything about it, But there is a process um, when someone arrives on our shores. And so the process has got to be followed. And um, what I have since discovered, which is quite interesting, is that he is inquiring about people who traveled a month ago. I'm like, what? I was thinking, because I knew that some Cubans had come in um, recently and it was only six Cubans and not 11. But I was thinking that he was referencing to those Cubans. I'm like, well, if they just arrived, they're going to be processed, blah, blah, blah. Upon having, um, you know, him call back and then this other person speak to him, what was divulged is that in fact, uh, these people arrived or they left Cuba a month ago and they have not been heard from since. I'm so sorry to hear that. He's asking if our government um, has done anything about it, why why would our government do anything about it? Listen, my Cuban brothers and sisters, y'all have got to understand something. The the taking of this voyage from Cuba to anywhere that you're going can be very dangerous, obviously. You're out to sea in less than ideal conditions a lot of times, and your vessel, most instances, is not even seaworthy. That is a chance, and I'm sure that they're well aware of the chance that they're taking, they're desperate enough that they want to leave Cuba. Um, so they take that chance and it's a life or death chance. Sometimes they end up in our shores. Sometimes they drift towards Honduras, as we've seen in the past. Other times they make it as far as Mexico or they're picked up in international waters closer to Mexico by, we've seen them picked up by military vessels and other vessels um, and you know they're assisted as best uh, they can be. If they make it to Jamaica, Uh, The Jamaican authorities send them back almost immediately. Normally within 48 hours, Jamaica is putting them back on a plane and sending them right back to Cuba, Haiti, wherever it is that they're coming from. If a vessel left a month ago, folks, of 11 people, and you have not heard from them now, so they would have left before Christmas, it is fair to say that that vessel probably had just had lost souls on it. I don't know what else to tell you. Because, had they reached any country, and there's not probably too many places between here and Cuba that they could shipwreck, and we would not know that they were shipwrecked, right? If they have reached any country, like I said, um, Honduras, Belize, you know, anywhere else that they could may have, may have drifted, even Jamaica, somebody would have reported and the authorities that we have just picked up 11 Cuban nationals. So, it is not the Cayman Islands government's responsibility, because they're not our nationals to be contacting, because he's like, oh, has the Cayman Islands government contacted uh, Mexico? What does that have to do with us? I mean, I hate to give you the cold hard truth, but that doesn't have anything to do with us. And it's illogical to think that our government would be contacting Mexico to inquire about some Cubans. Your Cuban government has to do that. And I get the question in a way, um, you know, that Uh, it's not like we as individuals can call the National Coast Guard maybe of Honduras or whatever. And probably, you know, they they communicate between government agencies. So it's a fair question, but you're asking it of the wrong people. You need to ask it of your um, Cuban government. You know, if they've gone missing, but you see, they leave Cuba, I guess, illegally from their perspective, from the Cuban government perspective. So the Cuban government doesn't care. (laughs) This is your own country. These are your own people. They don't care whether they made it safely or not. And unfortunately, they're not going to make any inquiries into where they might have landed. So the question that he's asking us to ask our government is a question that he himself should be asking, um, that he himself should be asking of his own government. Cuban people, y'all gotta take control of this situation one way or the other. So, you know, you, you either got to get rid of this regime and, and strive for a different type of government um, that can try to make some improvements in your country. I don't know exactly you know, how you're going to do that, but you, you've got to try to, you know, you got to try to get that done one way or the other, as far as I'm concerned. That is not the responsibility of other countries to get involved in your governmental affairs and trying to track down your people on behalf of the Cuban government the Cuban government would have to make a request if the Cuban government needed assistance i'm sure that our agencies would assist them in any way possible having said that i have reached out to the local agencies and they have said that the last group to arrive was the group of 6 on sunday and um they don't know you know they don't know anything else about these 11 people that are supposedly uh, missing after a month. Good morning, caller.
8: Morning. I'm, I'm going to make a few comments about global politics.
7: Mm-hmm.
8: Um, the World Economic Forum um, having a conference recently in um, Davos, Switzerland was convened to deal with some important issues in the world. And one of the people who spoke is the new Argentinian um, president. And he had some a harsh warning for that elite group of people who see themselves as the um, shadow government of the world and the rightful policymakers of the world. He said, he warned them that what they're doing is they're taking us towards socialism. And to be clear, socialism is just a stop towards communism. Mm. And and the things that you're discussing today are just symptomatic of a deeper issue. And what he said to them was, look, Argentina has over 80 years experience in socialism, and it has destroyed their country. I'm saying to the Caymanian people that we're headed in that direction as well, because there's people who come here from places like Cuba and other places that are very socialist and expect the government to do everything for them.
11: Mm-hmm.
8: That will destroy us in a heartbeat, okay? And well, our, our own people have those expectations- I was gonna say. To, to some to some extent.
2: Yeah, okay? that is true. And
8: And that's not good. And Mm -hmm. and his warning was he said, listen, we have over 80 years experience in socialism. Mm -hmm. We're in a good position to give you some advice about why it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something. He has two degrees in economics. So he he understands what he's talking about Mm -hmm. very clearly.
11: Mm -hmm. Okay,
8: And so, yeah, if you want to have a better life, um, and you live in a country that's socialist, you need to start asking yourself, how do we change our government? Mm-hmm. Okay? Because mm-hmm. because me, I'm speaking for myself at this moment. I am not in the, interested in having people come here
11: mm-hmm. and
8: turn us into a socialist country. I will fight that to the bitter end. Mm. And when I say fight, I mean literally fight to the bitter end. I do not want Cayman to go the route that Argentina has gone. And if you're not familiar with it, you might want to look it up and understand what the consequences are. Right? The inflation is is outrageous. It it just crushes a, a country completely. Mm-hmm. What's the the reason why it ends up happening is because it happens at a rate that people just tolerate it by saying, "Ah, that's just one thing, doesn't have anything to do with me." Oh, that's those Cubans, or that's this, and just brush it off.
11: Mm-hmm.
8: The reason why uh, things like that um, uh, end up destroying a country is because we don't understand the real threat it is because the the rate at which it happens to us. We need to be cognizant that we're going down that road and we'd better take a serious look about how uh we administer this country. Mm. I'll give you one example. You know how politicians like to give handouts leading up to elections. Mm-hmm. That is like putting a piece of bait on a hook, okay? And there's a reason why when you throw a line overboard with bait that you catch a fish, Mm -hmm. right? It's a trick because what you see is a free gift. Mm -hmm. You don't see the hook, right? And socialism gives you gifts, but understand it comes at the cost of taking all of your freedom from you. That is why going and complaining to the Cuban government about the status of a boat is meaningless. But,
2: but let me t- let matter. me ask you let me ask you the question then: What is our government supposed to do about Cubans who've gone missing? That's they le- they left Cuba, so you nothing. think it's our government's responsibility to try and track them down?
8: Oh no. If, if if our government has information about it,
2: I'm, I'm I mean sure, of course they sharing. would share that. That's yeah, part of their but,
8: but but it's not our obligation. obligation go, yeah. And, and and I'm not saying that from a humanitarian's perspective, if you know we're able to we have some idea of where they are, but should we just aimlessly start combing the entire ocean for f- endlessly to try to, to find them? Uh, that has its limitations. If you have some idea of where the people might be and you can assist, I don't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. Just from a humanitarian perspective. But should we run ourselves into debt because Cubans don't want to deal with the root cause of their problems? No. Mm
11: -hmm.
8: We, We know what the price of communism is. We know what the price of socialism is. And Every certain amount of decades, there's always some group of people who takes and they repackages socialism and say, well, this time it'll work because we made the correct adjustments. Mm. Socialism does not work. It has never worked. And you want some advice about socialism? Margaret Thatcher said, the problem with socialism is that one day you run out of other people's money. (laughs) All
2: right. Mm. Take care. Thanks very much.
8: Right.
2: Bye. Um, nine three six two six two six is the telephone number. Uh, reading a few comments. Argentina's new president is a far right, self-proclaimed uh a narco-capitalist who is as deranged as Trump and Bolsonaro uh, would take anything he stands for with a grain of salt. Also, he's taken office. Also, since he's taken office, Argentina's fuel costs have gone up by sixty percent. Okay. Um, this person says uh, Cubans are the most entitled, ungrateful bunch of people that I know. Who the hell going to pay for this search and rescue? They chose to leave under those conditions. Good morning, caller.
8: Morning. <laughs> um- the increase in fuel costs. The, the problem with the way socialism and communism operates. And let me give you an example. Um, they will sell petroleum on the global market at, at the global price. And then they will take those funds and they will subsidize the domestic purchase of fuel. So what you're paying in a communist or socialist society, is not the actual cost of the product, right? You, you're paying a subsidized price.
11: Mm-hmm.
8: In other words, at some point in time in the future, you're going to run out of other people's money. You need to understand that. things Paying for things below cost doesn't work. I know it sounds good, but it doesn't work. Take
2: All righty. Sharon. So Sandra, we appreciate your work and your great effort. No one is able to imagine how much effort you put in, but we thank you for lending yourself to the most vulnerable in this society. Do not block people. Everyone has a reason and you are a means that can help them share your problems and needs as long as it is respectful. Um, Pat says uh, this, Karen Incident speaks so much to a larger issue in Cayman. Take note. <sighs> yes. Um, happy Friday to Miss Alba. Buenos dias. Sandra is speaking to Johan says, Johan, FYI, agree we do, but we have every reason to be or get angry. Look what is happening. This disgraceful and despicable what we have to tolerate in our island on a daily basis. We still are the kindest and most humble people in the world. And then she puts in brackets, most of us. Um, Scott says this country is already an unofficial welfare state. What this? What this? Uh, Damien says the brainwashing is working. He also says they will try to topple Argentina economically to create a coup to overthrow him. Um, I think we have enough local issues that we could be talking about politically. Uh, Scott says, what is the repair funds allocated to the National Housing Development Trust, fixing homes for people who cannot afford it? Ugh, what a hot mess. All right. So um, let's move on. We need, we're need we going to talk about a couple court cases. I want to bring you guys up to speed on a few things that have transpired. So remember back in, let me just have a quick look at my um, my messages here. Um I think it was August. Thanks Kevin for getting the date for me. I should remember when we had addressed this. We discussed a man by the name of Salvin. I'm going to get his last name. Give me 1 second here. Who actually um was alleged to have um raped his wife's niece who was visiting from Jamaica. I'm pretty sure that um, the family members came on the show, if my memory serves me correctly. Now, um, I sometimes I have to go back and look at stuff because there's so many cases. But this was back in August, folks, of 2023, and we talked about this case. Let me just have a quick look at something here because I do recall that um, I think the family members wanted to come on and then they were told that um, they shouldn't or something, but we gave you, I gave you the facts of what the allegations were against this man and what was alleged to have happened. So the young lady went back to Jamaica. She did see a doctor and she was under doctor's care she was having some difficulty, as you can imagine, having been you know raped by your uncle. Um, you can imagine some of what she was going through. And what was even worse is that the uh, family, in particular, his wife, who resides and works here in the Cayman Islands, was going to bat for him. Hmm. Um it's unfortunate that there will be some people who will defend, stand with, stand up for alleged perpetrators over alleged victims. And it's not just in spitting in the face cases, it is all sorts of cases. And in my heart of heart, the most egregious cases that this happens in is child abuse cases. Children have such a little voice. I mean, in some homes, children have no voice at all. You've taught your children that they have no value. Um, don't speak until you're spoken to is what you. a lot of us grew up with. And a lot of you continue to tell your children, demeaning who they are, not letting them know that as an individual, if they have something to say, they're able to say it in a respectful manner and that they do have a voice and that somebody will listen to them. So it's no wonder that children struggle on um, you know, a regular basis with coming forward and letting someone know that they have been victimized. It's quite a sad situation. I'm just gonna download this video so we can refresh your memories just a little bit on this case. But what I can tell you is that this man has now been charged. Can we get a hallelujah up in here, honey, chow? He has now been charged with rape and multiple other offenses. Thank you to the police. Thank you to the DPP's office for at least getting this case started. Now, it will be up to judge or jury to take the matter from there. So um, let me just get the um, the charge sheet, the court list, because he appeared in court on Tuesday. And so let me just pull this up. So he is charged with... uh yeah, yeah. Let me see. Um... So this would be his first court appearance and um, uh, let me just see here. He is now charged with, um, I think it's one count of rape and several of indecent um, assault. Let me just get the, let me look at Tuesday's list. So this is good news because, you know, this is how it starts, the process, the legal process. And so we hope now that the prosecution has their ish together. And um, so uh, here we go. So his name is Salvin Emmanuel Bailey. One count of rape and two counts of indecent assault. Finally, from from when we spoke to the family, this is now happening. Let me say this. Um, I have some concerns about what is happening at the DPP's office. So I'm going to segue into a slightly different conversation because... Um, what you guys need to now know is that they have lost and seem to continue to be losing a significant number of staff members. This is, to me, concerning because it, it there's an issue with the continuity of um, cases, you know, some of these people who have left, have left because um, I've heard of what appears to be some sort of mistreatment within the Office of Public Prosecution. This is quite sad because the previous person who was head of that government agency department, whatever they're technically called, happened to have been from the UK and there was a lot of complaints about how he was treating his um, Caymanian and uh, most importantly, Caribbean staff as well. So it wasn't just the Caymanians, it was also the Caribbean staff. And so there was a mass exodus of those individuals um, leaving as well at that time. They filed a complaint against him, alleging um, what they coined as racism. The governor's office got involved. You guys might remember, we did a story on this. (laughs) Interestingly enough, when we did the story, um, I think it was the deputy governor that made a statement or said in some form or another, I remember this, that um, because of that story, we might have been interfering with the investigative process because people might come to a conclusion about, you know, what was going on in the DPP's office and using the term racism to describe the allegations. But that's actually what the allegations were. I mean, listen, we're not making it up. I'm not making up what the staff were complaining about. I'm just telling y'all what the staff were complaining about and what they were alleging. Whether that's true or not, is a whole other question, but I'm telling you what the allegations were. They said that the former head of the DPP, um, can't even remember his name now, but that he was racist, right? The governor's office undertook an investigation and they came back claiming that they found um, no indication of racism, but there were some administrative issues. So they were going to make, Patrick Moran, thank you. They were going to make some recommendations, if you will, on how to fix it. And they they quickly then had him resign out of the position, moved him to the deputy governor's office in a consultative role, never made it public, never said anything about it. We brought that to your attention as well, hiding him in the halls of, a government job so he can remain here and get status and be able to um remain in this country you see there's certain people who do not in my opinion have the privilege of being in this country yeah it's a privilege if you're not born here it is a privilege for you to be here and you should act accordingly or catch the first flight out of ya It's just as simple as that. Don't get insulted by it, right? If we say that we're going to hold people to a certain standard, you can't come to a Caribbean country that values diversity. Caymanians of all colors, shades, whatever, right? We have struggled to be clear with our own issues of colorism and racism as a people. And we try to get past that as best we could. The last thing that we need to do is import any individuals who exhibit that type of behavior and who believe or have those types of ideas as how they're going to live their lives. If you're not coming to Cayman and being receptive to, you know what, there are going to be people here of all color, creed, nationality, whatever, and you have got to get along with everyone, you can't be pitting this one against that one, hating somebody because of the color of their skin or their nationality or whatever, then you're just in the wrong place. So the allegations were made. He was appointed as um, director of public prosecutions back in November of 2019. By 2021, right, we got wind before that again, people were resigning, people were leaving, people were not happy, that there was an investigation afoot by the governor's office. And they confirmed it. They issued a statement. um, And it says, regarding the investigation into allegations of racism and discrimination in the office of the director of public prosecution. So we had reported that numerous employees took the stand in a case... um, that the prosecution was claiming a clerical officer, Ms. Evita Dixon, who worked at the DPP's office for 18 years. They accused her of hiding a file for her husband, uh, her son, sorry, who had been arrested for ganja. And they thought she would throw away an 18 year career to try to protect her son from a little ganja charge. And so they brought a case against her. The Anti-Corruption Commission claimed that she had tampered with a criminal file and charged her with breach of trust. Now this is a very serious allegation, trust and believe. What came out during that trial was a number of different things, including that a lot of people in the DPP's office Felt like they were being subject to racism by their superiors. Now, maybe racism. Maybe it's not racism. Maybe it's just because oh, you're a Caribbean person, and you know, <laughs> we're not kind of attitude. I don't know. That's what national nationalityism. I don't. I don't even know what we're gonna call that. I'm sure there's a proper word for it, but they termed it and coined it as um, racism. So the, some of the allegations came out during the trial. Her defense apparently convinced a jury of men and women that there was definitely something afoot at the DPP's office. On the stand, we had people who are attorneys, senior crown counsels within the DPP's office get up and lie on the stand
7: Mm-hmm.
2: And not only did they lie on the stand, they they were even contradicting each other when they gave a testimony. This lady, she's no longer here in the k thank God. She's one that decided to get on a plane and leave. I um, feel sorry for wherever she's gone to, but she was from Saskatchewan. And um, Darlene Oku, she was one of the people that was part of the problem in the DPP's office. They put her on the stand. She was contradicting on the stand what other people said had factually transpired. It, it, It was, listen to me. It was a whole hot mess and then some. So the story goes, um, you know, the governor takes on this investigation. He says, oh yes, there are problems, but it's not racism. Okay.
7: Huh,
2: well, it is interesting that the Caymanian staff seem to be primarily the ones complaining, um, that they're being treated differently, that um, they don't get promotions, they don't get to do, uh, you know, certain jobs, they're, you know, it's just running the gamut of how they are treated so differently. By the way, let me remind you guys, since we were talking earlier about Kevin's and Karen's of the world, and in particular, our own little ones right here in the Cayman Islands, this same Patrick Moran, who still works for the Cayman Islands government, you and I happen to be paying his salary. He had a very interesting outburst in court one day. This is back in February of 2020. He was cussing and carrying on in court, and once again. Nothing happens to these people when they behave like this. The rest of us would have been held in contempt of court. You probably would have been charged with something, probably would end up in jail. You would have lost your job as head of a government department had you done it. Let's be clear now. There seems to be different standards, even within the civil service, of what some people are permitted to get away with and what others will not be getting away with. So the allegation in that instance was that the director of the Office of Public Prosecution, Mr. Patrick Moran, had a mini meltdown, verbal outburst in court that was witnessed by multiple people. This was courtroom number five in the Kirk House building, shortly after 4 p.m. And this was uh, in relation to the ongoing Bonaventure manslaughter case. They were taking a break. And he jumped up and lost it, Kirsten and Karen on. Hmm. Thankfully, the judge had already left the courthouse when Mor- Moran decided to fully express himself, yelling about how he wants to have the hearing the next day at 9.30 and blah, 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 blah. blah. Disrespectful. Mm-mm-mm. No accountability, though. They get moved around from one position to the next. So it has recently come to my attention that a number of people in the DPP's office, even with the new guy, so they made Moran resign because nobody wanted to work with him. He was seen as a dictator, not a nice person, had the personality of a wet, dirty sock, the whole nine yards. And since then, you've had multiple people leave the DPP's office. Now, we have a few Caymanians in there. We have quite a few Jamaicans in the DPP's office and we have some other Caribbean people. I think some one lady's from Trinidad. I forget with the deputy, um, although did she get the deputy job? I know she was vying for it, but I don't even know she got it. But I think we have somebody from Trinidad and a couple other places, but primarily Jamaicans, Caymanians, English, and a couple other Caribbean islands, right? And um, there's some of the Jamaican staff that are actually very, very good. They come here with a lot of experience. Um, one that I'm thinking of is Mr. Greg uh, w- Welcome. I think is how he pronounces his last name. All of these people have resigned. So we have Stacey Ann Kelly. We have Kelly Garcia or Garcia Kelly, I always get his names reversed. We have um, Greg uh, Welcome, we have Marquita Douglas, we have Gavin Dixon. Gavin has left the DPP's office. We have Carrie Ann, we have all these people that have resigned. They continue to say that despite the new guy who's there, whatever the heck his name is, Scott something or another, the environment remains toxic. The Caribbean and Caymanian people do not wish to work with him. They had high hopes when he first came in and then they realized that all they've done is swapped out one English face for another and the toxicity in the environment remains. So when he stood up in the grand court giving his speech the other day, I thought it was interesting, but I wonder why he didn't talk about, you know, we're going to talk about our success stories and training and this and that. I had to wonder why he wasn't telling the people of this country the truth or even the chief um, justice, the truth about how apparently they seem to be losing all their staff. (laughs) My God. Now, contemplate on this for a second. The investigation that was carried out by um, the deputy governor's office and I guess the... Um, governor by extension is the very same department that turned around and hired Patrick Moran as a consultant. He shows up to meetings giving them advice on laws and so on. Please have it make sense. As these young people say, the math ain't mathing. That's so interesting. That's where you would put him? No conflict of interest there. Since the new director of the Office of Public Prosecution has been in place, six people have resigned. When did he get here? It's been a hot minute. Six people have already resigned. Coincidentally, they have all been people of color, coincidentally or not. You decide. 3 Caymanians and three expats, probably three Jamaicans, I think Kelly Garcia, um, uh, what's her name, Carrie Ann, and others. This is what they say about him. He's a dictator. He does not consult with his deputies. There's a lot of tension there. Um, he has promoted people in positions to senior crown counsel. So one of the um it's interesting because he's actually Australian, but he is um Australian of Indian uh, background, Neil Kumar. He uh didn't get a promotion. He somebody else is promoted over him as senior crown counsel in the department, despite the fact that Neil Kumar has far more experience, and is extremely well respected by his peers, the bar, and the bench. Yes, everybody was shocked at this promotion. Hmm. But of course, when you're looking at the individuals, there seems to be something amiss, even in terms of who gets promoted, how they look. And this is unfortunate. The person even went on to say she was on leave for an extended period of time and then comes back and gets a promotion, just being on the job for a couple years. No supervisory experience. They're like, have it make sense. Allegations that the new DPP doesn't even bother to go to court. You know, they take a lot of these murder cases um, before the court. He should be the lead on these. Doesn't do it, doesn't even show up. What a hot mess. People overhear him saying things like, well, he's not going to be working all hours in the night, stuck at the office. Mm -mm. Here's what one person said. He's even gone behind counsel's back and spoken to a white complainant after an unfavorable sentence was passed. He didn't take time to speak with his own staff members first. Telling that complainant that he was let down by the court. But he doesn't do that to any of the Caribbean complainants And those of us who don't get any justice. It's just a hot mess over at the DPP's office. And I think a lot of people were hopeful that um, there would have been some changes. Somebody said, wow, Gavin left as well? Didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yep. (sighs) This person says, uh, yes, Patrick is in the DG's office. The GG um, is full of horse manure. Canadian people can be racist. Well, anybody can be racist. To be clear, another person say people have been complaining in the Solicitor General's office as well. It's a hot mess with no real, um, no real explanation, no real accountability. They'll carry out another investigation after this mass exodus of staff and nothing's gonna happen. They probably won't even have this one resign. it, It is utterly ridiculous what happens in a lot of these government agencies and departments and just the civil service at large. And I'm gonna tell you that the civil servants don't feel like anyone has their back. So I I want to know what's happening in the DPP's office. Like when you have that many people that start to leave, it can't be that this is just normal, you know, turnover. This isn't a normal turnover rate. I don't have the answers. <laughs> I'm just letting y'all know that there is a problem in the DPP's office. Now, what I think is happening is a lot of the staff members there are not speaking up when you should be. Unfortunately, like Gavin, he's got a new job. He's now over at HSM Group during immigration law. You know the legal fraternity being what it is, um I guess a lot of them don't want to rock the boat because it's relatively small. And so, you know, they will have to um, continue to work with some of these individuals in and out of court and whatever. So they just go on their way. Gavin was Crown counsel for over seven years. He left. and um, now for the past two months since December, has been working over HSM group. Nobody wants to make any waves. But the thing that I'm gonna say to all of you is when you make no waves, let me be very, very clear. You can't expect anybody to stand up for you if you're not willing to stand up for yourself. I don't work there. I can only go off of what little tidbits that I hear, but you people are in the trenches. If you're in the trenches and you can't find the wherewithal to speak up, even if it's just through me, how can I help you? Somebody said to me the other day, oh, you know, I need you to get on this DPP's topic. And I said, I need people to accurately inform me of what is going on. Not even their admin staff want to stay in the DPP's office. See, somebody else resigned again two days ago. And y'all don't think there's a problem over there? My God. It's a hot mess. It is really, really... A hot mess. So I don't know what kind of investigation is going to be carried on this time, but I guess we'll see. Someone was asking earlier. Um, I don't know where I saw that comment about uh, where is this governor? Who 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 put that comment up? Maybe you can share it again because I know I glimpsed it and then it disappeared. But someone was saying at least Governor Roper was out and about, but they feel like this particular governor just isn't even there. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it again. Re- repost, whoever posted that, I'd like to read accurately what you shared. So please repost it so I can read it. Um, Shaka Zulu says, I'm confused. As to why uh, one would not see the treatment of Caymanians in the workplace as par for the core with environments like, envir- sorry, with environments led by foreigners. At 20, Foss says some Caymanians switch up when foreigners enter the room. Even their accent will change. Sad. <laughs> Damon says no red flags there? Question mark. Come see his pay. Think it's on the higher end, also, of course. It's crazy. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program.
12: Good morning, Sandy. Um, big topic mm-hmm. here today. I haven't uh, listened to a lot of it. I've sort of been listening a little bit and then going away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, 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 I know what the problem is. You have explained um, what is happening in the DPP's office. And, and being somebody who has worked in the portfolio of legal affairs, mm-hmm. I know something about what has been going on uh, in that portfolio. Point number one, mm-hmm. there is an unwritten policy. Mm-hmm. within the portfolio of legal affairs, uh, as well as places like the DPP. DPP is not directly in the portfolio of legal affairs since it's led by a different constitutional office hold. But if I can just generalize, there has been a policy, an unwritten policy in the portfolio of legal affairs, in legal circles in government, mm-hmm. that Caymanians must not be given uh, an opportunity to advance there. That is an unwritten policy. And Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll give you examples. For example, when the position of solicitor general became vacant a a few years ago, people said, well, this is a good opportunity to to find a Caymanian who can fill that post. Mm -hmm. And there were some distinguished Caymanians, you know, good lawyers experienced who applied for the position. They were not given that position. Why? There were, at least in my view, two of them, Caymanians, generational Caymanians, who could have been appointed to the position of Solicitor General. Mm-hmm. They were not appointed. Why were they not appointed? The reason is simple. The Attorney General, I'll call his name, Attorney General Samuel He does not want Caymanians uh, to have a high position in there. Now, let me give you another example. Um, uh suzanne bothwell a great great lady you know that lady when i first met her she seemed quiet to me but when i saw her in leadership positions and i found that she had a lot of leadership qualities in my view why didn't she become deputy solicitor general or become solicitor general they continued just keeping her as a senior legislative counsel. She has done cases. If you read the Cayman Islands law reports, she has done case after case after case, but they couldn't even make her to become deputy solicitor general. You know who they made the deputy solicitor general? There was a guy called Douglas Schofield. Nothing against Douglas. He was a good lawyer, but they were able to create a position and make him deputy solicitor general. (laughs) Okay? But they couldn't do that for Suzanne Bothwell. Um, Then later on, there was another lady, Vicky Ellis. Vicky Ellis also acted as a deputy solicitor general or, or assistant solicitor general, but they couldn't give any of those positions to Suzanne Bothwell, who is a Caymanian. What happened later on, Then they moved her to the judiciary. It was a promotion because now she had become chief officer, but what a waste. Mm -hmm. They made her an administrator when she was a litigation lawyer and very, very experienced. Mm -hmm. But it is because of that same unwritten policy, which is that Caymanians must not be given an opportunity there. The other class of people who are not supposed to be given an opportunity there. Uh, I don't want to go on so long about this because Mm -hmm. this is about me when i was when I was there, uh, I developed a little course to say, "Well, let me help Caymanians be able to learn how legislation is worked on, how judicial review works. I also offered to train the only Caymanian who was in the legislative drafting department, only one. She just came in and I said, "Look." I'm a very experienced trainer of people who write legislation. I used to teach legal drafting as a visiting professor at an institute in Rome way back in the 90s. Uh, and for the last 12 years, mm-hmm. I've been an instructor on a postgraduate legislative drafting program of a university in Cal- Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I'll call it the university Athabasca University in Canada. So I'm I'm really experienced in this and I'm I have published 24 peer reviewed papers in England, University of Oxford, London, and so on, in legislative drafting and other issues, uh, other areas of law. Mm -hmm. And yet, when I offered to teach this Caymanian, to train her, Mm-hmm. I was told, you don't have enough qualifications to train her. Take it from me. I want to repeat that. Mm-hmm. I was told, you don't have enough qualifications to be able to train her. And the person who was telling me that she herself doesn't have even a single postgraduate qualification. And this is this is the thing. And that came out and has now been there. I won't call her name because I don't want to politicize her. She has been there now for something like close to 15 years and she has not gotten as much as $100 increment or a single promotion because they tell her that you are incompetent. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, okay, let me wind up on this. You've given me a lot of time. You Mm -hmm. see, um, the, the problem really is political. The politicians are not dealing with the issues these are not new issues. Mm-hmm. When I was dealing with the judiciary and I said, you people haven't met your, your your constitutional obligation as judicial and legal service commission to draw rules which are required by the constitution. They didn't do that. Uh, 2021, I was in correspondence with the government and the commission. They admitted, oh, yes, yes, yes we haven't done it. We've been, It's been five years. Yes, it's very long but they never drew them. And then finally, last year, it came to a head. The Ombudsman told them, you have to draw these rules. And then told them, why didn't you draw them even two years ago when it became an issue? And it's up to now, nobody has dealt with that issue. Why? It is a political issue. Every institution, whether it is people who appoint, um, who have power to appoint under the public service management law, under the Constitution, ultimately, when everything fails, the politicians have to say, we will have an inquiry about this and we will mm-hmm. make some policies regarding how you do this. The mm-hmm. problem is the politicians are not acting. Mm. Let me end there. I thank you. I've got a lot to say, but let me leave, mm-hmm. leave it there. We'll, we'll pick it up another time. Yeah. Thank you, my dear. Okay. Thank 936-2626
2: um, is the telephone number. Good morning, caller. Hi, good
0: morning. 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 Morning, everyone. Um. Thank you to that caller that just got off the radio there a few minutes ago. Thank you for highlighting and calling out the Attorney General because, again, as a Caymanian, this is what I have said, individuals have said it out loud, I think, on one of your shows one day, Mm. going right back to our Constitution, this is why we should have set term limits on people that are in such positions within our government. We shouldn't have... Even on our members of parliament, just like how they have it on our, 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 our premier, there should be set term limits. Why should one person be able to sit inside of a seat and keep it warm and and, and, and wear it out and cause this country this kind of mess and, and just sit there for donkey years? Come on, man, we must have set term limits and I don't even know what to say because I'm sitting here and he said the key words this morning. Mm-hmm. I mean holding back the manions. Kenyans who have worked there, it, it make you wonder why some Kenyans hold back from even trying to go in certain positions because mm-hmm. they know that they're going to be held back. Therefore, their natural talents for certain positions, they won't even apply them to them because of their fear. And, and it really upsets me this morning to hear exactly what that man said is correct, mm-hmm. and this is why even our members of parliament should be fighting for this for this Constitution to be revised and put set term limits on these people. And, and, and I don't care if you're married to Caymanian. I don't care how you gain your Caymanian document or your paper, but you you mm-hmm. can sit there and hold back our, our genuine indigenous Caymanians who have worked their backside off all of these years. And, and you're going to hold them back? Really? Anyway, that's all I got to say right now. Thank you, now. my I'm dear. So Thank
2: you. Appreciate it. 9362626. So one k was told by Patrick Moran that um, she couldn't do the job. She didn't know what she was doing. And these are the types of things. Wasn't good enough. Um, K-Manion's purposely being held back. And, you know, that type of thing gets him a secret job in the DG's office. Now, I want y'all to also remember, for full disclosure, um, so that you guys can put everything in context, um, Darlene Oku is the uh, senior crown counsel who was able to secure my one and only conviction after about, what, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten attempts. She was the one who was able to get the conviction in the case with Matthew Leslie, one which I'm appealing She also ran to the DPP's office on another occasion after this trial I was just telling you guys about where um, Miss Dixon was exonerated. The jury believed her story over the word of people like Darlene and the DPP's office. She went to the police and claimed that my reporting on that case, I want y'all to pay attention now, Was a criminal act. I've never even heard of such a thing before. The media has the right, I would say the obligation, to report on what happens in a court of law. I report on proceedings that she didn't come out smelling like a rose at all, but that has nothing to do with me. I'm just reporting, I'm there as an observer. And I'm bringing this to the public's attention. I'm reporting on it. She runs to the police and files a criminal complaint for my reporting. Police reached out. And in front of my attorney and myself, they say to me, if you take the story down and you take down the podcast where you talked about it, There will be no charges filed against you. This would be the same police and the same DPP's office who have since then charged me for negotiating in a civil, an ongoing civil matter where they claim that my attempts to conclude that on the instruction mind you and recommendation of the judge amounted to essentially bribery but they could sit in my face and tell me if you remove this content if you do this we will not prosecute you we'll make this go away when my lawyer said um who who gave you all this advice who who ruled on this because we have been what they said was we have been, instructed by the DPP's office to charge you. And I said, well, if you've been instructed to charge me, by all means, charge me. Why would you be, if, I mean, I never even knew that you could be instructed by the DPP's office to charge someone and you decide not to charge them. So I was confused because I've never seen that happen. If the DPP's office has charged someone, you charge them and you go to court. You don't come to them and use that as a bargaining tool, bribery. We've been told to charge you. We have a ruling that says to charge you, but we won't charge you if you do this. And I said, what? Even in the moment, I said, you're trying to control the press and this is how you're going to do it? I said, sir, (laughs) something wrong with you police officers? My attorney said, who made this ruling in the DP? Oh, well, you know, it was actually independent Um, independent, uh, I can't remember the exact word he used, but some independent consultant or some independent person, or some some foolishness. You want to know, he he wouldn't tell us who it was, but you want to know who that was, right? (laughs) There's only one person that it could have been. The same Patrick Moran. Put it together, folks. Put it together. Who else would it have been? Oh, an independent legal advisor. Independent legal advisor, uh, you have all these people in the DPB's office, and they're not capable of giving you the legal advice that you need. That's their job. But you see, a lot of the people in the DP's office, they know the real score. <laughs> they know that when the ish hits the fan, the only person that's really there, even for them, is good old CMR, good old Sandy. So a lot of them, not they, they're listening to the leadership in the DPP's office and they're like, this case don't make no sense. Irvine says she was trying to intimidate you and then bribe you. Well, they tried, honey child, but it never worked. I said, honey, I said, let me be very clear. This is not the first time at the rodeo with me and you. And if you wish to follow the instructions, because I didn't think that you had a choice, of the DPP's office, by all means, you should do so. Let a jury of my peers decide what is what, right? But that's how the cookie crumbles around here, folks. You got to be careful. I also told you guys, without any fear of contradiction, when I heard that Darlene Oku had been moved from the DPP's office, well, she resigned and took up a new cushy job over in the um, office of... Now, what is her? Um, That is the legal aid, um, director of legal aid, that office, whatever that's called, Office of Legal Aid or whatever. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I see some movements happening here. Y'all better be careful because she's vying for that top job over there. And not for nothing, but in two twos, she was lodging complaints against the Caribbean director of that department as well. Who had gotten the position y'all need to be careful and pay attention it's really really sad that the people who get promoted in the civil service are the ones who a lot of times are not deserving this person says i'm totally anonymous more than just the dpp you are so correct no one has any civil servants back at all the civil service are afraid to say anything it's not just the dpp Investigations are a joke. The old government was part of the old boys' club. And misogyny is alive and well, along with racism and discrimination. Oh, no way. Here, this breaking news. Now, you got to be kidding. Where's this lawsuit? (laughs) This person says that she, Darlene Oku, is suing government, now saying that they owe her money. Of course she is. Little Saskatchewan girl. Her contract ended. And before she felt that she was entitled to have her contract renewed, mind you, there's no obligation. It says so in her contract. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. So she. A contract? There's no obligation. It says so in her contract. In all government contracts, only Caymanians have an open-ended contract. You see that level of entitlement? Her contract expired. And she's saying that it should have been extended. And she even offered to leave early because she and nobody at the court could get along. She also lied in her application and told them that she was a senior of the ODPP when she was not. She told a blatant lie. And now she's suing them? Hmm. what the heck okay uh you, you can't make this stuff up I can tell you that one second Mm-mm. all right there you have it folks can't make it up this person says, love how the police have strength for you and nothing else. Boy, they sure do. Sandy, the GG, as much as you may differ, he's not for Caymanians at all. As much as you may differ. Sad. He's supposed to be for Caymanians. And I believe he, he, I mean, he says he's for civil servants. And he does seem to go to bat at times for them. This person says DPP, workplace bullying and harassment, and nothing will be done about it. Caymanians will be blacklisted so that they keep their mouths shut. In fact, they don't even want Caymanians to um, listen to this show. I've been told that. Oh, my God, Sandy, if you're caught listening to your program, it's like, why are you listening to her? Good morning, Carla.
13: right. good morning, Sandra. How are you doing?
2: Not bad. How are you?
13: This is Hunter. Hello, Hunter. Yes, ma'am. I just wanted to um, call in, you know, and uh, publicly apologize for the other day. I think it was Wednesday. I called in and it was a discussion about um, the courthouse. And I mentioned how I thought affordable housing was more of a priority. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I Mm -hmm. just want to clear up a few things. Okay. Uh, I understand. Yes, ma'am. Now I have taken the stand and I'm going to be running in the election.
7: Mm-hmm.
13: um, and that now terms are going to be different on your show. Um, so I have to be more prepared and I have to learn to keep my emotions, um, under control. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I also wanted to apologize to Mr. Kevin. Um, when he called in, I had no idea who he was. I didn't know that he was media trained or whatever. So I kind of felt like I was, um, being backed into a corner. So I mm-hmm. was, I was rude to him. Um, so I wanted to mm-hmm. come out and say that. Uh, I'm sorry I missed the show this morning, um, so I'm not really sure exactly what the topic is. But I just wanted to, you know, put myself out there and uh, let everybody know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I okay. went to the courthouse yesterday. Yeah, it was a interesting case. Do do you, um, do you
2: think? Just out of curiosity, um, do you think the courthouse is fit for purpose? It works. It works. I mean,
13: I'm not sure how efficient it works. Um, Obviously, you've you've told me that, um, you know, people have to wait years or or whatever for a court case. So obviously that's a problem. Um, But from what I saw yesterday, I think a little bit of paint could help. You know, I mean, the AC was cool. It smelled nice. Everybody was comfortable. I got a nice, comfortable chair. But yes, again, this is a growing country. So, you know, I think the capacity might be an issue. Um, But it's the same in other government departments. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still think affordable housing is more of a priority. I don't think that it's what the com- the, gov- the government or the country should be focusing on only um by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that it's a it's an issue that we don't speak enough about, um especially with the ho- uh the housing schemes that we have now. I mentioned that I did not like how they're being done.
7: Mm-hmm.
13: um you know it's it's frank Hall style i I actually grew up in a Frank Hall home in town um which is it, it's beautiful home, comfortable you know, nice neighborhood. Um, but the difference between the neighborhood that I'm living, that I was living in, in Georgetown and what the government's building is that we're going to be having, you know, one type of, one group of people living there. There'll be no inclusivity. There'll be no diversification. Um, you know, it's, it, a lot of low-income houses in one area tends to be an area where you see crime um, happening more often. Mm-hmm. You know, my I think my solution would be again. um, Our government has been known, as far as I'm concerned, to be giving grants and um, incentives like tax breaks and stuff to developers. Um, That's happened in the past. I mean, i I do not appreciate that, especially when they're building high-end homes only. So I think you know to fix that, what we could have done is incentives specifically for developers that are coming here to build affordable housing or incentives for developers that want to incorporate affordable housing into their development. So let's say they're building 10 high-end homes and they put little one bedrooms on the side. I mean, you you can see it um, all over the island where one bedrooms are being included. I mean, I, I don't think we have enough one bedroom apartments in the country. Um, and also we should be looking at an affordable housing fund. You know. Um, budgets when government when the end of the year comes and there's leftover money in uh, each of the ministries we could look at you know moving that money towards an affordable housing um, fund Mm -hmm. Uh, i think developers often make contribution we could look for other ways um so yeah Mm -hmm. that's what i want to say okay
7: yeah
2: all right well what what happened in court yesterday just out of curiosity somebody's asking what happened
13: well, we have a lawyer working for us. And I have to say, I can't remember, quite remember his name. I can't believe it slipped my head. I yeah, um, But he's working for us. And this man is passionate about the country. I, I felt proud to see how this man defended us yesterday.
7: Mm-hmm.
13: Um, and, you know, I think it's something of, of public importance. I think we should all, you know, look into what's going on in the court, especially when our government is being brought there. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, basically, we have we have we have Dart backed into a corner. I'm sorry, <laughs> I probably shouldn't be saying that on the radio, but we got him backed into a corner, and they were trying to. The first thing that um, the Dart organization's lawyer stood up and said was, "This was supposed to be in private chambers," and you know, um, so obviously that's what they wanted, but that's not what they got. Um, and yeah, I think it, I think it'd be good. It's it's stretched out now for over a year before we're actually going to get. Um, any decision made, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely an experience. I have to say. Hmm.
11: Okay.
2: Thank you very much. We appreciate it.
7: All right. Have a good day. All right, my
2: dear. You too. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Um, okay. (sighs) Alrighty. Um, Johan says, well done, Hunter. Takes a big man to apologize, especially in public. Damien says, done, seen through you, Hunter. Pat says, listening, a very valuable skill to learn, active listening. Uh, Siobhan says, right, and not just to listen, to only speak. Come ready, says Pat, politicians. Damien says, huh? Uh, Michael says developers are building on West Bay Road specifically for workers. So hotel workers, et cetera, there's one right next to cost you less uh, right now specifically for them, which again, isn't for Caymanians speech question mark says Jess. Another person says um, tell him that PPM gave away millions of in concessions, which could have been used to build proper housing. Tell him to go to Alden and get some money. <laughs> this person says, Tell him not to waste his money running for office. He has no damn clue what he's talking about. <sighs> Another person says, um, He can't play with the big boys. Uh, thank you for at least getting that apology for Kevin. Kevin has really carried us through the COVID pandemic, and he's a legend in my mind. Woohoo, Kevin. This person says Hunter's not even elected yet, and he's already had to apologize for his responses. Son, you're not ready. Oh my goodness, you guys are not holding back. This person says, poor guy, good intentions, but really green. He wants to live in gated communities on the back of government. Don't think so. Mm-mm. What a hot mess. Um, wow. All right, honey, shell. After 10 o'clock, we're rolling right in. Um, let's talk about a few other things. So DPP's office, y'all are a hot mess and then some. Damien says maybe Dart um, org could build staff quarters close by all their resorts and offer transport to and from work. Hunter is thanking y'all for the feedback. Okay. um, I tell you. All righty. Let's move on to some other court cases. DPP, we got our eyes on you. So Salvin Bailey, again, good news is that he has at least been charged. Um, we will keep an eye on this for everyone um, and revert back to... You all, Uh, this person said, developers are in the business of making money. (laughs) Government should not be dictating who or what or how much to sell homes for. That's socialism. Hmm. The interesting thing about um, what government or what we want government to dictate, it's so funny because a lot of times we're happy with government dictating to other people what to do. But when it comes to us, We're like, oh, we I want to plant a mango tree, and I don't want government dictating to me what to do. I want to build a house and extend it and do this. I don't want government telling me what to do. So again, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Be very, very careful when you continually request governments to interfere and to tell people what to do and what not to do. That's how you get that's how politicians get in people's back pockets. Because, oh, well, we're going to make an exception for you if you uh, give me, you know, 700 and odd, closer to a million dollars. Go back and look at that letter that came on the facsimile machine with the signature of Mr. McKeever Bush. Oh, well, cabinet has approved this for you. Mm -hmm. Right. On Monday's program, I need you all to tune in early because I'm going to give you this nugget. We're gonna be talking about a situation with a particular developer. Um, Renee, I think has published a story already, but this is about a developer who has said that um, the Department of Environment is holding up his application. The Department of Environment has set the record straight. They said nothing like that. This is someone who clearly does not understand the process, does not understand the law, Um, and potentially is purposely, I don't know if they've said this part, but I'm I'm saying this because other people said this to me, potentially is purposely misleading the public. Now, I want you all to pay very close attention because there is this allegation out in the public domain that developers, some developers, not all, But some developers and even the central planning authority is making uh, applications delayed themselves so that they can then turn around and blame the NCC, the National Conservation Council, and the the National Conservation Council, the Department of, of Environment, DOE because they want people to believe that there is an unconscionable delay happening because of this piece of legislation. The politicians themselves are out there perpetrating this idea. And some of them have approached me, so I'm telling you now from firsthand knowledge about, oh, well, the Department of Environment is forcing you know, of developers to do this and to do that to protect turtle nesting. They don't want to be told anything, apparently. Oh, it's gonna cost too much money to retrofit buildings and this, that, and the next thing, but they didn't, they, they failed to tell me that government was actually going to the Department of Environment was actually gonna pick up the cost of um, the retrofitting. When people only tell you half a story, Or, you know, they're lying to you. You got to make sure you ask yourselves, what is in it for them? Why are they doing that? So we're going to have that discussion. There is a war afoot, folks, between the environment, developers, politicians are in the mix. The Department of Environment, the National Conservation Council, this government, despite what they claim, they said, oh, we're not going to gut the law. They're gonna, they're gonna gut it as much as they can to make it, you might as well not even have it, type of a thing. Ask yourselves, why would any right-thinking government want to do that? Oh, not Monday. My apologies, Tuesday show. Thank you, Yasmin, for reminding me that Monday is actually a public holiday. Why would they do that? Y'all need to be paying very, very close attention to some of the people that you've elected. And believe me you, anybody that signs on to undoing a piece of legislation that impacts less than 1% of applications, you need to deal with them in the next election. And I mean, every single one of them, you know? I don't care who it is that supports this initiative. They're gonna have a problem come next election. And you, the people, you, the voters, need to be paying, paying very, very keen attention to that. Because why? It's an 80-20 rule, right? If something is 1% of applications that get a recommendation for an EIA, why am I going to try to revamp a law for less than 1% of applications? Who am I doing it for? Who is included in that 1%? We're going to get there Tuesday. Sexy Genie. And by the way, we're going to do a roundtable discussion between developers, environmentalists, the Department of Environment. All of them are going to come to the table and we're going to have a roundtable discussion segment where they get to put all their cards on the table. But you you guys got to go read this article because this is our friend there, Frank Schilling. And the, the article is about the fact that, um, you know, there is this sentiment out there um, that his Brac project, which is the Port Zeus Brac Marina Village Development, um, has been slowed down because of the, devi- the Department of Environment that they're moving slowly, and um, he is not—he does not have a signed letter from DOE more than a year after his application was submitted, and uh, you know they have said. Frank does not understand the process, and this is ridiculous, and it's not true. It's a pretty serious allegation to make that a government agency is purposely, or because of incompetence or whatever reason, um, delaying your application. Right? And so um, we have a statement from them, and we're going to talk about all of this in detail on Tuesday's show. So I want y'all to make sure you mark your calendar for Tuesday. Another court story. Um, Cupid, uh, what's her name again? Um, Kazneek Cupid, Cupid, sorry. Uh, This is the lady now, the Jamaican lady who was involved in, Jamaican Caymanian, I guess. I guess she has status to her husband. Although after this, she should be eligible for deportation. And hopefully somebody over at CBC uh, will make sure that they put in that application after she gets out of jail. But um, she uh, had applied to have her um, case, um, her, have her, what's it called, her sentencing appealed. So remember, she, she got 10 years and six months for her part in the 2020 Tortuga liquor store robbery. The Court of Appeal has denied her application to appeal her sentence. So in other words, she's going to sit there for 60% of that 10 years and six months. Um, Quite interestingly enough, she she was claiming that it was excessive. And in the judgment, which came out on January the 17th, they say that um, we can see nothing excessive let alone manifestly excessive in the total sentence of 10 and a half years. And in those circumstances, we refuse leave. The Court of Appeals said that the submissions at Cupid, Cupid uh, should have been distinguished from the co-defendant Richard Nash are unarguable in light of the fact that Nash was sentenced to a higher term of 12 years. So her co-OQs actually got 12 years. The robbery was committed by two men, one of whom remains unidentified and the other identified as Nash. However, Cupid is considered to be the mastermind behind the robbery, planning it and waiting in the get- getaway vehicle. So um you know the judge gave her a little bit of consideration because she says that she has children and her children need her and yada 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 but the judge said listen you masterminded a robbery and you sat on the stand and you could have pled guilty and you refused to plead guilty and even now as we're sentencing you you are still saying that you have done absolutely nothing wrong Not only that um even now that she's in jail, she continues to post on social media, and pretend like she's not in jail. So you know there was some term that the judge used in her sentencing, something like I don't want to say she called her a sociopath, but she basically did, and said that you are extremely manipulative. You manipulated this other guy, um, Nash, to carry out this robbery. He's not as intelligent as you. You used him. You manipulated him. You've sat here on the stand and you've lied. You know, she even accused a man of having an affair with her to, to explain why a vehicle um, was, like, he, she was basically trying to throw him under the bus. And the dude's like, I don't know anything about this woman in that regard. You know, um, she she did the most. And, of course, the judge who happened to have been from Jamaica and probably have seen a lot of cases was not um, was not buying it. So she was found guilty uh, by um, judge alone, and she was sentenced by the same judge to 10 years. Hmm. Showed no remorse at all whatsoever. So uh, court of appeal said, nope. You are definitely um, not going to um, be getting out any sooner than that, 60% of her 10 years is what she'll have to serve. So Mix and Stir says this is what happens when you're too hype. Uh, Elaine says she's the architect of her own downfall. Um, Siobhan says she's got kids. She should have thought about that before committing that crime. You do the crime, you do the time. Yeah, she's got, I think three or four kids actually. Siobhan says she sounds like a narcissist. I can't remember if that's a term that the judge used, but the, term, the judge did use a very strong term to describe her about how she was a manipulator. And um, all these things. So um, the judge was not. <laughs> she oh, this is this is the quote. She called her shrewd and manipulative, and um, she said that the robbery of a commercial establishment with intended physical harm done is a serious offense that warrants imprisonment. So I don't know if she thought she was going to be walking out of there that day. And in fact, when they when the sentence came down, she wanted to go outside and make a phone call um, to tell her husband to come and see her. And they they were like, you can't go outside. <laughs> we're gonna put handcuffs on you right now in court, and you gotta come with us down in the holding cell. Um. So her co-accused got 12 years because he was inside and he assaulted victims with the gun and so on, threatening them um, to the point where they're traumatized for life. I'm sure of that. Okay. So yeah. So her thing was turned down, denied by the court. Damien said she's delusional. Um, Mix and air says a lot of Jamaicans come here for a better life and end up in prison. Well, that's because they try to do it uh, the wrong way. Remorse uh, bank dried up. No sauce, says Elaine. Um, Noelle says that um, she will lose her Cayman papers and be deported back to Jamaica. And somebody's saying, is that a question or a statement? Um, She should, but of course she's going to argue right to family life under the constitution. So we'll see exactly how that plays out, especially if the husband uh, remains married to her, although he has the option of moving um, to Jamaica with her. So that shouldn't stop them from having the right to family life. They might not have the right to family life in this jurisdiction under these circumstances, but they can certainly still remain as a family and have the right to family life elsewhere. So we'll see. Um, But yeah, she has someone who, she's not doing it because the prison has looked into this, but she sends instructions to people about um, posting on her social media because she still wants people to believe that she is on the outside and she's partying and having her best life. So she'll repost um, stuff all the time where it looks like, you know, she's on the outside and people, it's so funny because people are like commenting Um And like, oh, you know, you look so fabulous. Like here's one from January the 3rd where she posted up claiming that she is with, um, hold on one second, that she is with um, her husband and somebody else when she's actually sitting in jail. Okay. Give me one second. I'm going to open up the door for you. Okay. So um, what a hot mess. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say. She she is delusional. Uh, She says, I'm extremely grateful for this wealth of willpower and the ability not to lean on my own understanding. Um, You know, she's always posting stuff. Um, At this point, though, she's going to run out of posts to recycle, I think. So there you have it. Living her best life in, in prison. So, yep. December 20th, she posts up a uh, Christmas photo from God knows when. Uh, anyway, more power to her. Delusional would be the correct word to definitely um, describe her. You know, the judge encouraged her that while she's in prison um, to, you know, do a better job of c- trying to try to come out a better person, basically. You know, take some courses, try to educate yourself, whatever. But I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, anything's possible. Elaine says Jamaica don't want her back. Send her to Timbuktu. <laughs> but um, no, she's not supposed to have a phone or a laptop to be able to do these things. So they feel pretty confident that it's not her doing it. That it's actually somebody else. On the outside, who does it on her behalf, who has access to her social media account. All right, let's talk about another one that we've uh, welcomed from Jamaica that has been nothing but a pain in the rear end um, for us, the country, and that's none other than Lovell Marriott. So Lovell now is suing um, multiple um, people and um including the government and DOE. uh when you're ready so let's just go through this which i mean this is so this one it just really takes the cake to be quite frank and honest so laval is suing um the hold on. Let me tell you all who this who, who she's suing now. So she's suing the Department of Environment, claiming that they are responsible for her neighbor, who uses a um, generator, and so the noise and whatever else is disrupting her. Her neighbor Keith Barnes, uh, that they're allowing him to run his generator twenty four seven. So she's suing them for ten thousand dollars in damages, according to her. Um, because of her neighbor. And she's also filed a lawsuit against Caribbean Utilities Company for $20,000 in damages due to disconnections and derel- what she calls dereliction of duty. So according to the court documents filed in the first lawsuit, uh, Marriott said that she continued running, the continued running of the generator has disrupted the peace in her Randite garden home. She further claims that the fumes from the generator has caused her to experience what did she say, parixamal coughing, until she throws up and has difficulty breathing and redness in her eyes. Well, that certainly has not stopped her from putting on the shortest shorts and going out on the street every day. But anyway, Marriott said that she had to leave her home and up up the street to catch fresh air (laughs) late at night. She also claims that her electricity bill has doubled as she is forced to use her air conditioning unit all day as the fumes from the generator has tarnished her home. Wouldn't you actually open up the windows and and try to let fresh air in? Okay, I don't know. So according to the document, uh, the fumes from the generator are a hazard to the entire Roundite Garden community, with one apartment owner forced to move out or move away. This is what she claims. Marriott has also claimed that tenants complain of having shortness of breath, teeth shaking, and headaches caused by the fumes and noise from the generator. Uh, the document states that the money is to be paid by January the 29th to avoid a 50% increase. That's not how it works, though. I'm like, what? It's to be paid? That's not, When you file a lawsuit, it's not that it's to be paid. You have to go through the process, serve in the person, and then you go to court. This whole thing is weird. Anyway, for his part, um, Barnes has responded to her. Let me see if I can actually find this message. Somebody sent it to me. Um, let me see. Someone sent it to me recently this week, but he's basically responded to her saying that she's the one who is harassing uh, people in the neighborhood. And so um, you know, if anything, she's the one who should be sued. So he he actually has responded to her. Lord Jesus, what a mess. Mm-mm-mm. You literally cannot make this stuff up. So I'm just here to report it. And then the other lawsuit now against CUC is very, very interesting. So in this one, she says that she received the disconnection notice, um, which was done in December for what she says was $3.02 at 10.05 a.m. And um, it was not restored until the following day, even after several calls reminding CUC to restore the electricity. She claims that she had several meetings with the customer service manager regarding an unexplainable series of $10 or more stolen from her money that she deposited to her account, which led to disconnection for non-payments. So who's stealing her money? Unexplainable series of $10 or more stolen from the money she deposited to her account? Meaning her bank account? So then she's short when she's paying her bill? That doesn't make any sense. But that, that don't have nothing to do with CUC? Okay, that's weird. So who's stealing her money? She better go talk to her bank. Anyway, um, so she says uh, there was a disconnection in April, which lasted for five days, causing items in her refrigerator to be destroyed. And um, she has had tenants from 2015 to 2016 who she claims are responsible for paying the electricity bill when the electricity was not disconnected for non-payment. Um, when the electricity was not disconnected or was disconnected for non-payment um, was not reek. I think this needs to be rewritten. Let me, let me just check with Renee. Cause that doesn't really make sense. Anyway, she claims that um, for months, what? Say what? Not, not, not the, not months. What the heck? For how many months? Oh my God. So that time it was for four months. It was turned off for non-payment. What the heck? Wow. Okay. She visits CSC's office and was told that there was a letter and file from the needs assessment unit promising to pay the bill. Because remember now, she's one of them that has come to Cayman, gotten all benefits from our government, including being supported by NAU. I don't know that this woman has ever worked a legitimate job in probably the last 10 years. So our government is taking care of her. Um, She requested that the letter be removed because it was her tenant's responsibility to pay the bill. However, she was told that this could not be done and was asked when the tenant's lease expired. When the lease expired, CUC then removed the letter, leaving Marriott with an outstanding balance of over $1,500. She had to request a payment plan and a pay-as-you-go plan. So she claims for that one, she better um, have it by January the 26th to avoid a 50% increase, which again demonstrates her utter lack of understanding of the law. You don't file a lawsuit and tell them, oh, pay it by a certain date or I'm going to increase it. The lawsuit means that you're taking them to court and you're going to have to show up before a judge and argue your case, honey child. Get some common sense now. And don't forget that last year, she also sued the police commissioner in summary court for $19,995 for damages. She claims that she suffered after the negligence of the police led to her neighbors harassing her. Lord, take the wheel with this woman. She has no bit of sense at all. And um, I don't even know what to say. Just absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. The one thing she seems to be very much aware of is that she can file these lawsuits herself and um, she can then, you know, once once she keeps it under the $20,000 mark, she can file the lawsuits herself, herself and tie up summary court with a bunch of foolishness. All right, one final thing the question about the Cubans uh, this morning, the guy messaged saying, oh, you know, why aren't you talking about these missing Cubans? I have reached out to my contacts at CBC and they have said the following. Um, they said, we've had more than three Cubans abscound who were on conditional release during the processing of their applications for asylum or appeals against refusals. Many have turned up in other neighboring countries such as Honduras, Nicaragua, and Mexico. So in other words, They're leaving of their own accord. Maybe they haven't contacted you back in Cuba because they didn't want you begging them for nothing. We're officially off the radio. Listen, stop blaming the Cayman Islands government for your hot messiness of your lives and the foolishness that y'all going on with in Cuba. You leave Cuba in desperate conditions and you guys are the most ungrateful SOBs that I have seen in a really, really long time. Y'all have expectations that are not realistic in the real world. Cut it out. We do our best. We're hemorrhaging over $3 million last year to maintain and take care of Cuban people who come here. Because yes, there should be a minimum standard of how people are treated, even if they're refugees. But you guys go above and beyond with your nastiness and your disrespect. They put you in homes and you leave the condition that you leave those rental homes in Feces all over the place. Garbage and trash. I mean the most. Y'all need to tell the truth. Stop the fucking foolishness and tell the truth. And let me be quite frank here, folks. You're not going to get a whole lot of sympathy from me or anybody else in this country. I don't want to hear your cock and me, Miss Storey. Oh, well, this Cuban's missing and that one's Go tell Castro. Go and complain to your own damn government. Tell him about the emotional distress that you're under. See if he gives a damn. Okay? I mean, you guys are just ridiculous. Trying to make her country look so horrible, like we're abusing you, like we're beating you, like we're doing this. Really? You know, somebody once said to me, and this is a horrible thing to say, but I'm going to tell you all it regardless. They said maybe their own people, Fidel and the rest of them know how they must be treated because some people you can't treat nice. Take it or leave it. I don't give a damn. It's Friday, but get your shit together. Show a degree of respect and gratitude because we are doing for you when your own government should be doing for you. Go somewhere else. When you go to Honduras, you go to America, whatever, they're not taking care of you, giving you phone card and all this foolishness like how the Cayman Islands government is. Don't come here. You think we're treating your people bad? Fine. Don't come. Plot, plot the little GPS on your dinky dinky boat a little bit better and, and skirt that way and go somewhere else. Go to Honduras, go to Belize, go to Mexico. I don't give a damn where you go. Go to Jamaica because they'll send you home within 48 hours. But y'all need to stop coming here, and then on top of that, coming here with your stinking attitude, accusing people like we have killed your Cuban people, we've kidnapped your Cuban people, we, oh, they've disappeared and, and the custody of the Canaan's government. We don't have no interest in keeping you here or, or, or making you disappear. That's not the kind of government we are. Go talk to Fidel and his people, because they're the ones who will make y'all disappear, okay? Enough said. Noelle says they get more treatment, uh, better treatment than um Kay <laughs> Melanie says, please don't go to Belize. Like I said, I don't give a shit where they go, but they need to stop coming here and being so incredibly ungrateful. Now I don't care who like it. Because y'all be up in your feelings. Oh, well, I'm gonna go defend these Cubans, you know. Cause sand this end, sand this and this about them, and make them feel bad. Ask me if I care. And you're gonna get a you're gonna get an answer here today. And it's gonna be a big fat Nope. Their attitude is just, I don't know what to say about them. They are so rude. And listen, I'm not trying to clog, um, put everybody in the same boat because we've had Cubans who've lived here for many, many years who are respectful individuals and who are thankful for what this country has done to them. But these that come in, uh, these refugee boats, no sir, they're a different breed altogether. Ms. Brenda says, ungrateful is an understatement to describe them. Just look at how they have thank you Um, to the Democratic Party that allowed them in South Florida, how they said thank you. They're all registered as Republicans and now advocate that the Democratic Party should turn America communist. Wow. Then once uh, they get to South Florida, they don't want anyone else to come, even as a visitor. Yes, they're entitled. I mean, it is, oh, honey child, they need to get their ish together. Noelle says rude and, and feel entitled and they're rude, nasty, and full of shit. Well, there you have it. Please do not come on my platform and be posting your ridiculous comments, okay? Nobody has kidnapped any Cubans. CBC don't want them. Uh, we the Caymanian people, honestly, don't want you either. You can just keep going and we'd be happy for that to happen. We have certain obligations that once you're in our waters that we have to follow. Um, that's a requirement, you know, international standards. The UK gone and sign us up to some foolishness. And so we don't have a choice. And we will give you... The process, there's a process to be followed. You can apply, you can do this, you can do that. But listen, don't get it twisted, Now you know. Okay? You want to demand rights and you want to carry on about missing people? Go back to Cuba and talk about all the people that are missing that you don't know nothing about. That have been missing for 50 years and you still can't find them. About how long they've been missing. Go and do that. Some of your people are missing on purpose. Because once they get to the good life, they don't want y'all harassing them back in Cuba for no money because they got saved up and trying and, and build for themselves. That's why they've gone missing. Or, unfortunately for you, maybe when they absconded this jurisdiction, they actually perished at sea. And I'm sorry, that's horrible. But that's the chance that they took. Just like the bunch that, that confiscated, commandeered that Panamanian ship. When they when they were out there about to die, I guess the Panamanian shit will never pick up another bunch of Cubans again because they say, boy, they sure regretted that that day. Anywho, good people, tell them, Ingrid, she tell them in Espanol. Muchas gracias. Mm-hmm. Um, Read it and comprende. Comprende, yeah, see. Si. All right, Siobhan. Thank you very much, Damien. Everybody, please have a safe weekend. It is a long holiday weekend. Monday is uh, Heroes Day. There will be uh, two different celebrations on Heroes Day. Go out and enjoy it if you wish to. Um, we'll be back here on Tuesday then to pick up the conversation on lots of topics. There's always something going on in the smaller rock honey chair. Uh, you guys have a fantastic and safe weekend. Please know drinking and driving, you know what happens. You get arrested or worse than that, you crash and kill somebody or you might even kill yourself. So think about it. All right. Thank you, Miss Brenda. Um, Yes, honey chow. They need to go and sit down and hush. Cha. All right. The other day, my daughter said, Mommy, what does does cha mean? (laughs) And she's like, What what does cha mean? I was like, "Um, It's just something you say, like, cha, like you're fed up or whatever. She's like, Oh, because you and PK say it. She does not, She doesn't I was like, oh, Lord. I say I need to take this child around some Caymanians so she can hear enough cha and know exactly what it means. She's like, what does cha mean? And then there was another thing that I say. Um, I say, um, oh, Lord, have mercy or something. She's like, what do you mean by that? Why do you say that all the time? <laughs> oh, the things, child, the things that they ask, and I don't even know how to explain it. I'm like, oh, cha to that too. <laughs> have a wonderful weekend folks see you back here on tuesday morning
10: thank you for tuning in to another episode of the cold hard truth